Well, hello. Welcome back to the show. Tap That Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walters. We've been working on getting the Arizona Beer Book out across the state. My business partner on that, co-author, Luke Irvin, and I made a really cool Arizona Beer Book, highlighting 37 breweries across the state. 200 pages, hardcover, coffee table style, beautiful pictures. Luke's photos are phenomenal. And we're very proud of this book that we created. So go find yours today. You can get them in a handful of breweries and tap rooms right now. We're getting them out every day. We're trying to get them into more and more places. So next time you're at your favorite Arizona brewery or tap room, ask them if they have the book. Keep an eye out for it. If you go to a place that doesn't have it just yet, go to thearizonabeerbook.com and you can buy your book there. We'll be at Strong Beer Festival as well, so make sure you guys stop by and say hello. Let's get into this episode. So this is part one. Broke it up into two parts. Uh, the second part will be out uh, this coming Friday. So the what is that? The 24th of January will be part two of Camp Cool Ship. So this is the second Camp Cool Ship that Arizona Wilderness has invited us out to. And they're always a really good time. So it's really cool to just hang out and talk with some of the best mirror mi- uh, beer, mi- beer minds. Uh, beer minds out there. Mirror minds. It was a mime festival. It was pretty, pretty chill, pretty quiet. You know, mime festivals usually are. So, uh, anyways, camp cool ship. It was a good time. Uh, we got to just hang out with the coolest people uh, across the country, really across the world. As you hear, uh, one of the breweries came from Norway. So it's really cool because you get the owners, the brewers of this place, the the masterminds behind these great breweries like Fanta Flora and Plan B, and all these great places. And you get to meet the people that are making it happen. So be sure to follow Arizona Wilderness so you can keep tabs on these cool ship uh, projects that they're doing. Because when they come out to make the cool ship beer, they are actually bringing some of their own stuff as well. Which rarely these, you know, the places that, that come in for Camp Cool Ship are rarely distributed in Arizona. So it's really cool to go to the events at Arizona Wilderness to get the beers from these breweries coming into the state. So keep an eye on that. This first episode, this is going to be with, uh, this was the night of uh, the camp out for Camp Cool Ship. Uh, part two will be kind of the reflection period. Uh, <laughs> one of the guys, uh, Jennings from, uh, from Penn Druid, uh, is in, he starts off episode number two. This was the morning after, right? So, uh, so, and then we had a little reflection from John and Pat in episode two as well. So this one that we recorded, this was the actual night of the event. So we had some really, really great conversations, really cool people. So let's jump into it. Let's tap into Camp Cool Ship at Stoneman Lake. Guest number one, dude. Guest number We got it. We got it. I wish I, was, I had the microphones to get the actual uh, initial of this, but yep. you, you saw me setting up, this right? Is, this is karmic payback. Yeah. <laughs> you saw me setting up, and you're thinking, what is this fucking guy yeah. doing? <laughs> Just immediately go to sarcasm and make fun of you. So, <laughs> and now you're my first guest. Yep. Welcome, welcome to Tap. Good that to be easy, here, dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's your name? Uh, I'm Nick Duns. I'm the founder of True Brewing Company. Nice. In Denver, true. Colorado. How do you spell true? T R V E. I love that. Yeah, why, it's like a why? Roman U. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. I like it. And uh, I was I was telling you I was just at your place two weeks ago. Thanks for coming in. Enjoying the beers. That. And dude, I was I was stoked when I heard you guys were coming, but I had to still make a trip out like to denver to go to your place for sure before i saw you you know 
<laughs> Dude, so how how are you? Well, first of all, have you been to Arizona before? Uh, this is my first time, actually. Okay. So I've never been to Arizona. It's it's great to be here. It, yeah. it feels like an extension of home. Yeah. I'm sure you guys feel like Denver is an extension of home I in do. the same way. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's just I'm so used to this terrain and this climate and everything about it that i'm just like this this just feels like i, I haven't gone that far yeah in a weird way that's a true it's, way yeah. more saguaros than like we get back home for yeah. sure. if any we <laughs> yeah, get none exactly. so Is it's really in, cool to see those little there? like nuanced differences though you yeah. know like right now sitting here in the woods it's just like i, I feel like i could be up in like netherland or something like that you know somewhere in colorado where i'm just like this feels just like home so it's, yeah. it's great to be here it feels that's cool perfectly man. natural well and, and i'm sure you probably saw the change of of landscape from because you, you probably you probably did the thing down at downtown yep. with those guys earlier yeah so we were at gilbert watching them you know make all the work yeah. for this and everything and uh yeah i made the you know caravan up with everybody and it was a caravan too yeah, wasn't it yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it, is, it is cool to see the change in the geography and the and the terrain and everything like that it does you know we're used to those like long windy drives up the hills and all that sort of stuff True. but yeah. uh you know and some parts of it are similar but coming from what I would call a strict desert. Whereas when you're coming from Denver, it's more grassland, you know, like low, low, you know, high plains, okay. um, prairie land, that sort of thing. Yeah. It definitely, you know, the, those are the subtle differences that you notice. And, yeah. um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's really, really cool. That's awesome, man. So, well, how did you, uh, well, for, let's, let's go back a, a second. So tr- what is true? Like what, what, we're a we're a heavy we call ourselves a heavy metal inspired brewery. Okay, um, yeah. I've been a metalhead my whole life at this point, basically. And uh, you know, when I was opening the brewery and trying to figure out, you know, what the marketing angle and you know what we were how we were going to brand the whole thing, um, it just felt natural for me to to go in that direction. It was just this moment of like, yeah, this is just a thing that I love, and I'm putting it together with another thing that I love. So why would I not do it this way? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, and then I went cool. to Chicago on a, uh, to visit some friends, and uh, I visited Kuma's Corner, which is a, a burger joint out there, and uh, they're a heavy metal sort of inspired place as well. And when I saw that working to the degree that it does, you yeah. know, where I'm sitting there having a burger next to some like octogenarian woman who's like enjoying <laughs> this place because of the burgers and just yeah. dealing with the music, I was like, hell yeah, man, this can totally work. Yeah. How long ago was it? How long ago did True open? We've, uh, we opened in 2012. So okay. we're old guard at this yeah. point, which is kind of crazy. For sure. Yeah, and it feels like a lifetime that we've been doing this in a, in a good, in a definitely a great way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's crazy to see how much the whole scene has changed, you know, c- yeah. compared to when we opened and the kind of beers that we were making then versus what we're doing now is just, it's shifted. The whole paradigm has shifted. So. Yeah. With well, the art too, man. The art, like your guys' can art. Yeah, and that's go. that's the one thing that has not changed for us because we've had an illustrator that's worked with us for pretty much our entire, you know, since we opened. Um, yeah. Sam Turner is his name. And, uh, you know, he just actually got nominated as one of the top 15 metal, um, heavy metal artists alive right now. Basically. No shit. Yeah, so it was pretty cool to see Dude, his name in that. Badass. But he's done a lot of art for a bunch of bands and, you okay. know, d- doing merch for them and album covers and that sort of thing. And yeah. He happened to be in Denver, and um, you know, a friend of mine at the time said, "You should hit up Sam. I bet he would be interested in doing some art for you." So I did, and he was like, "Hell, fuck yeah! Like, yeah. let's do this!" And ever since, the, like, the first shirt he ever did for us, which we still sell to this day, um, we've just basically worked with him most for most of our things. We bran- yeah. had to branch out just because of the volume of sure. you know, things we're doing these days. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, and, and we have some other very talented people working with us, but. Yeah, Sam has kind of been the stalwart. He's been with yeah. us from from pretty much day one. That's badass, man. Because then it creates that consistency across the brand. Totally, you know. Yeah. Um, so uh, one thing I noticed in Denver when when I went back the, 
uh, or when I went there the first time, like eight months ago, is almost everybody has a, a, a wild ale or some sort of, it's rare here in Arizona, right? You've got Wilderness, um, 12 West, Grand Canyon. A couple of places are kind of dabbling in it, uh, but in Denver, it's it's pretty prominent. I think, you know, we... we um there's a, there's a definitive reason for that, and that's yeah. because we have a beer culture that's been around for 30 to 40 years now. Sure. Yeah. Um, so we have this old guard of breweries that are, you know, these massive regional breweries now who have had the time to experiment with these sorts of programs and uh, and really lock them in in a really, you know, magnificent way. Yeah. New Belgium being a perfect example of that. Like, can you think of a brewery that, like, more exemplifies, like, one of the best sour beers in the country? You know, like... Seriously, like La Folie and beers like that are just like absolutely these like perfect examples of that sort of beer. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've having never had them, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed. I've only had New Belgium. I've only had New Belgium that's here. Yeah, like Arizona. the fat tires yeah. and the things that you think of. Yeah, but I yeah. mean, they've got one of the largest fooder collections in the no in the shit. country God right damn, now. Yeah, you got to get out. I need there, to make man. another trip next week. It's yeah. really amazing, yeah. and we we actually just um, we're about to release. Um, a collaboration that we did with them, which is amazing. Oh, nice. Man. So we we had them over to brew. We've actually traded beer with them, which is cool. Like that never really happens, and it yeah. hasn't happened like on the books, you know, like an illegal way. Yeah. Pretty much in history until the laws changed very recently. Okay. So what that allowed us to do was actually send some of our finished beer to them to blend in with some of their finished beer. Yeah. And we've done the opposite and brought some of theirs to our place. So we've already released our side of the collaboration, which was called uh, "Where I Leave." Yeah. Um, and that was using some of their, you know, fooder beer that we had hand selected with Lauren and like went through this whole process of Dang. like picking out the exact fooder that we wanted yeah. to use for this whole project. And it was like this huge honor to just be like wandering around this massive fooder forest and like yeah. picking out the exact beer we wanted to use. So that was really cool. And then, on t- you know, obviously we like to try to do reciprocal collaborations as much as we can. So, you know, they were like, of course we're going to do that. And now they're doing a nationwide release of their first canned sour beer out of a fooder that they've ever done. Wow. So we nice. brought this whole thing of like changing the paradigm for them, like bringing this whole new concept of like a new packaging format, using beer in a way that they aren't used to using and doing all these like totally different things for a brewery of that scale. And it's getting nationwide distribution. So it's just like, it's, it's, that's insane awesome, to us to be like such a tiny brewery making like 2000 barrels a year yeah. working with this brewery that's making hundreds of thousands of barrels a and year impacting them like yeah having an exactly impact on exactly them and that's, that's the coolest awesome. thing about the beer scene is like yeah. it's all about the people right it's who you know so yeah. it's like we can have these relationships with these people and it doesn't matter what brewery they're at it's yeah. like we have the relationship with the people themselves yeah. so you know somehow we try to work it all out one way or another and this yeah. is one of those examples where it's worked out and we're just our minds are blown that yeah. we're like collaborating with one like one of the biggest <laughs> yeah, independent like craft breweries in the country like, oh yeah God, no it's insane yeah, yeah. it's totally insane dude that's awesome man so so uh i mean like, you've been around for six years six six seven years um but it does yeah you've had that impact on on the community i mean you guys are a destination when um i know any like if i tell if someone's like hey i'm going to denver where should i hit i got like three spots yeah you guys are always right there I, cool. I got like you. you cerebral and i would say i don't know our mutual friend yep those guys too so. and all of those dudes are homies you know yeah. like in black project is here today I'll and those black guys are great Pro- yeah, you know exactly. like yeah. it's it's so cool to see how awesome the beer is in denver and it's it makes it a really 
great competitive market out there, which yeah. is, it's good and bad. You know, it's hard for us to sell beer, sure. but it's really good because the quality of beer out there is just so, so high. Pushing and I think other. that all of us are, yeah, exactly. We're all pushing each other and like all me and Brandon from OMF, we'll, we'll ride bikes together and hang out all the time. Sean was in last week. He brought his whole staff in on their day off, yeah. you know, so from Cerebral that is, uh, so you know, it's just really cool to have that that level of camaraderie, but at the same time, like that uh, friendly rivalry sort of <laughs> stuff going on. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, dude, great job on that beer. I'm gonna make yeah. this fucking better. But fuck than you. That. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so how how did you get the connecting? Uh, how did you get connected with these guys? With Man, Wilderness? I've I've known John and Pat for a while now. Okay. Um, I can't even, you know. Too many beers have clouded how we actually <laughs> right. got to know each other. Between 2011 and yeah, 2019. Yeah, at some point we met <laughs> and we just have kicked it off. And every time we see each other in another city, wherever it may be, we end up hanging out with each other oh, and having a great awesome, time. Man. So yeah. to get an invite out here for this event, is uh, it's really cool. This is a pretty magical place to it be is, and dude, it, it, I, yeah, it's it's a cool concept and yeah. um, we're just so stoked to be a part of something like this so Hell it's yeah, a huge dude, honor surrounded by awesome people yeah. too right yeah. that's that's the big part totally and i think we're gonna probably hit it you know party a little bit tonight uh you think in the woods <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. gonna get weird man. it's gonna get weird it is I, I think so last time um i woke up and like i couldn't find my phone i'm like what the fuck is going on <laughs> right so the, i apparently someone like dug my phone up by the fire somehow it got buried under like dirt and shit i'm like what how does that even happen but but it was a great time man and here i am for for, this is my second one but uh nice man yeah so um you were talking about how your beer changed from from what you initially uh started with to to now yeah and that has a lot to do with uh our head brewer and now my business partner zach um our you know he's been pretty instrumental in kind of driving where our beer program has gone, um, you know, from a very, you know, I came from a background as a home brewer in 2012 when the kitchen sink bullshit was like very in vogue, you know, just throw whatever at it and, you know, throw a random spice in a beer and all of a sudden it's cool, you know, different. (laughs) Um, and he came in with a focus, uh, like a, a very pinpointed laser focus on what he wanted to be doing. And that was, you know, traditional Belgian inspired beers, uh, very sessionable, low alcohol beers, which was something that I, I jived with and wanted to do from the beginning as well. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, basically single-handedly built our whole mixed culture program, which is, I feel what a lot of people know us for. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he, he built that program over years and years and years. And I think that that's really, um, brought a lot of our, you know, like I say, our notoriety and, and why people know anything about us is just because of those mixed culture beers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, it's shifted quite a bit and even now we're like shifting away, you know, that I feel as though that demand for the mixed culture stuff is, is kind of waning in a little, in a little way. I think people, there are those diehards who have always loved that stuff and, um, always want to drink it. But I think the general beer consumer doesn't need some beer that's quite that level of specialness, if that makes sense, you know, like all the time. So we've had to adjust a little bit and, and (laughs) it almost looks like we're making these new beers, but we've been brewing clean beer from the beginning, you know, (laughs) so things, you know, there's some beers like Scorn that we've been making our, uh, our kind of like West coast style pale ale. We've been making that for shit like six years now or something like that. And we've just started packaging it and putting it out there and we're doing, you know, obviously all the East coast style IPAs and pale ales as well. And, uh, you know, now that we're packaging cold our Keller Pilsner, 
you know, people are starting to be like, oh, man, like, yeah, True's really, like, growing into their clean side. And it's like, we've been doing this shit from the beginning, guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, come on, it's man. It's been pretty cool, but, like. <laughs> yeah. Then you sent a picture from, like, 2013 of you with, like, the, yeah, the exactly. dude, look at it. We've been doing this for a while, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's I'm glad cool. you're finally getting it, though, and are enthusiastic <laughs> yeah. about it. That's really cool. No, right. like, and we They're love like, that. Hey, but. dude, you know that microphone's on, right? Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, damn it. Uh, but, no, I think, I think that's great, too, because there's a lot of the people are turning towards that um the people are enjoying a great i think it's okay now to as a beer person to drink a great pilsner totally. right yep. you almost felt shamed if you like go to like what do you got something that's that's light you know what i mean you get that three percent beer crowd that are just you know looking down their nose at you and you know i think it makes it a little bit more i don't give a shit either way like if it fucking tastes good too, i mean I'm like don't get me it. wrong like yeah. having having a subtle nuanced mixed culture beer is amazing and yeah. i love those beers it's not what I want to drink every mm-hmm. moment, you know, that I'm drinking a beer. Absolutely. So like yeah. that's there's a reason that like Coors Banquet is fucking everywhere, right? Yeah. And it's because it's a delicious beer yeah. and it's a, a easy crushable lager. For sure. So like cold our Keller Pilsner is as close as we can get to that sort of beer, you know, to yeah. a Coors Banquet where it's like this is just a beer you want to you want to have this in your fridge all the time, you want to drink it all the time. But you don't feel like you got to worry about Pete Coors' politics or some bullshit, right. you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's you got to worry about our weird sa- semi-satanic <laughs> leanings or whatever you think we're all about. Sweetie, this is delicious, but there's a skull. <laughs> there? Is that a spine? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then you meet us, and we're like the least satanic people you'll ever <laughs> oh, meet. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah. But, it, 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 but what I like about going into your place is, is the music is very subtle. It's not like, at least when I've been there, maybe it was during the times I was there, it was like, it wasn't, you could have a conversation with somebody. Totally. And that's, and the, yeah. that's yeah. the point. We're a third, yeah. we're a third place. That's a concept that I believe in firmly uh, in, in the third place. It's so you have your home, you have your work, and then you have your third oh, place. Right? Yeah, yeah. The third place is where you go to be a part of society, meet up with people, you know, know your neighbors, that sort of stuff. And we yeah. want to be that. So, you know, we have to keep that accessible to some degree, yeah. you know, and we still want to have, we want to play our music. We want to listen sure. to what we like to listen to. <laughs> yeah. But we still want to make it so that you can come in and have a conversation with the people that are around you and get to yeah. know these people and, you know, bring your Tinder date in and still actually get to talk to them what the <laughs> fuck you do, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which happens a lot. Yeah, um, I bet, man. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, that's, it's usually the, like, the second curtains. date where they're, like, trying to test, like, okay, how weird are you? What kind of weird are you into? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like we want to make it accessible. We want to keep it um the music playing at such a level where like you you can have that conversation. Yeah. And you will you'll notice too that the sound is actually tr- quite isolated around the bar itself. And then we have this very long shotgun space. So if you go yeah. to the front of the building near the door, you probably won't hear much of the music at all. You'll hear more of the the ambient noise of just people having conversations around you. Yeah. Um, and that's intentional. That's us trying to make sure that you can have a space that you can get. A, if that's not, if that music is not what you're sure. into, yeah, that's fine. You can be into whatever you want to. Yeah. If you want to listen to the fucking Grateful Dead, go for it. Yeah. Get you know we don't fucking want to listen to it, but like <laughs> yeah. you can sit at the front of the bar or at the front of the building yeah. near the d- garage door. You get a great view of Broadway. Yep. You know, see all the people walking by. And uh, you don't get subjected to the music with quite the intensity that you would, you know, sitting dead center right in the middle there. So. And then you got to go to the bathroom and it gets louder and yep. louder and louder. <laughs> like singing that you're moshing in the back of the place. Exactly. I love it though. Yeah. Well, because when we went this last time, we sat at the very end of the long picnic table, mm-hmm. basically the end almost hey, to hey, the hey, bar. Hey, picnic table? Or that's like it's <laughs> a massive thirty foot trestle a, table. Don't call it a picnic table. Dude, that's a call. Viking feast table. Yeah, like, that's that what that is. True. You're like this fucking guy. How First dare you demean my table? 
<laughs> oh shit! So I was at the end of the Viking table, and uh, <laughs> but it was it was you could still hear it, and I think I must have been towards the tail end of it, uh, but I was loving it. And yeah. my buddy that was with me is like big country fan. Fuck that guy, right? Which like if uh, you actually went to our production facility, yeah. you'd probably more times hear country really? than you would metal. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> we have a yeah. bunch of Texans working for us, yeah. so it's like they have to kind of dip oh, toes yeah. in both sides. Yeah. It's like, all right, we have to. It's on our job description. <laughs> but uh, but he was like, so we're just sitting there for a minute, and he was just kind of looking around. Like, I've always been, I haven't gone deep into metal, but, you know, I was huge on Pantera and yeah, sure. Slipknot, stuff like that, right? Um, but him, he, he was like, no, it's just straight country, like pop country, like the <laughs> shitty, shitty yeah, country, yeah. right? And so we're sitting there for a little bit, and uh, all of a sudden he's like, Jesus, he's like that's that's intense music. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude, yeah. But uh, but no, man, you guys are doing good stuff. I, Thank I appreciate you, so much. you jumping really, on. I really, really appreciate that. Despite your uh, initial judgment of me nah, and uh, just, just my table of bones. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, thanks, buddy. Cheers. Got some new guests here. Hello at, at the table of bones. <laughs> Perfect. So metal. Who was the dude that that brought those in? Uh, we just found him over there next yeah. to the campsite. Yeah. He's, made, he's made a headdress out of the, the <laughs> backbones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So introduce yourselves. Let's start with you. Yeah. So I'm uh, Brad Veltman. I work for uh, Crosby Hot Farm. So I, I live out in Portland, Oregon. The farm's in Woodburn, about uh, 40 minutes south of Portland, family-owned uh, hot farm. Nice. And yeah. you're the rep for uh, Covers Arizona. Yeah, I cover yeah. Uh, Rocky Mountain region. So, yeah, out in Arizona doing a market trip and lucky enough to join the Camp Cool Ship. Camp Cool Ship. Dude, yeah. what a shitty job. Like it's living awful. in Portland it's, it's no and then traveling around to the breweries and selling <laughs> hops, man. <laughs> yeah. Drinking drinking with my buddies and slanging hops. Hell yeah. yeah. That's awesome, man. And this gentleman, been on a couple times. Welcome back. Glad to be here. Introduce yourself, my friend. Uh, Ryan, Dark Sky Brewing Company, Flagstaff, Arizona. Flagstaff, Arizona. They hired me to hold the hose during the, knockout. Oh, dude, you were doing, you nailed that, though. Yeah, I did you a good were, job, I thought. I think you did, too, because yeah. I think it would have overflowed had you not been holding the hose in yeah. the way that you were holding the hose. I was trying to fill the, the empty side. Yeah, right. <laughs> it wasn't working, job. though. Yeah. All right, full side's full. We need to fill up this empty side a little bit. So, uh, so Ryan, you just came down for the, for the day. Um, yeah. You, you know a lot of these guys. and Well, I saw uh, John and Pat. Yesterday, off chance, I was just having lunch down there, and yeah. they told me to come out. So, hell yeah, I know the spot pretty well, and got nothing else to do on a Friday night. Dude, you canceled a lot of plans to come to this. Yeah, thing. more I like I'm, yeah, no, it was like I'm getting the fuck out of here. See you guys later. Yeah. It's me and my wife's anniversary, but Larry got shit to do. You know, <laughs> not that bad. Yeah, no, no, but no, this is this is cool, man. So, uh, and I, I don't know, maybe it's just uh, only I've noticed it recently, but I've seen you guys a lot lately like a lot showing up in people's uh i'm talking about crosby hop farms showing up um at breweries in arizona like yeah. like spreading the word man and people love what you guys are doing absolutely no there's i mean a great emerging i mean the, the beer scene's been here for a while but yeah definitely uh some newer breweries opening up that that really you know they, they care a lot about ingredients and sourcing and who they're sourcing from and uh it's been great i've been working for the company for a year and i've this is about my third visit to arizona and Every time I come back, you, you meet new people and you see better breweries, and it's been uh, it's it's been a trip. Hell yeah, yeah. dude! That's awesome. And you've worked with this, or you're going to be working with this this guy here. Fortunately, I mean, unfortunately, yeah, yes, but, absolutely. <laughs> well, <laughs> I after met, meeting him, it's a fuck. I met him back in February. <laughs> okay, is when he made his first trip out here for Beer Week, um, and he got us on the right track. We were we were in a tough spot. We're a, a lot of people know we're we're a pretty small brewery, so we get stuck with a lot of shitty ingredients and. It's hard to source it. So meeting him was huge for us. 
And then uh, this is the year we got to go up with uh, Weedy and Matt from Tombstone to select hops with them, and it yeah. was a uh, crazy fucking experience, dude. It was nuts. Like I, I've seen, I, if if I've seen the right pictures, like just like tons of hops, right? It's, like it's people magical. like swimming in. I, like, like, <laughs> I explain it to people that like it is sensory overload for four hours. Yeah, like you can't smell anything but what's happening around you. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's Dude, a, that's yeah. awesome. It's a special time of the year. So we, we uh, harvest from about the third week of August through about the third week of September or so. Okay. Um, and it's, I mean, we're cranking, for most of that, we're cranking 23 hours a day. Um, we have about 500 acres, so we, we harvest about 500 acres in, in about a month. Dang, um, okay. Yeah, and it is, I mean, it's like that. It's like pulling into, you know, Napa during crush. You can smell it in the air. Yeah. It's the same thing. You get close to our uh, facilities, and you can just smell the hops in the air. It's really cool. It almost, I would think it would smell like just like a big bag of weed, man. It's, <laughs> it's a great much. smell. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it smells I'm like Oregon. That. I'm yeah. not against that. No, yeah. Not, yeah. <laughs> that one Oregon just smells like that's exactly. a natural scent. It's just the natural aroma <laughs> of Oregon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's great, man. So, in how, do you guys specialize in any specific yeah. like things? Like, what, what's yeah. your special specialty? Uh, so we we grow twelve varieties, uh, and and that kind of varies year by year. We're, we're always kind of trying to plant some new varieties, so we're at right at about twelve right now. Um, we've been growing. I'd say our two flagships are Centennial and Amarillo. Okay, uh, Centennials are our bread and butter and our baby, and it's something we've been growing for a long, long time. It's kind of one of those hops that it's it's easy to grow. It's hard to grow well. Uh, we grow it really, really well. I mean, we're this year our analytics on everything we grew was off the charts. We were very, very happy with not only yield numbers but oil and everything. So yeah, that's that's something we definitely lead with, and we work with great breweries that appreciate Centennial, Bells, and Founders, and some of the some of the best breweries in the country. So yeah. uh, you know, it's not one of the newest varieties, but but it is something that uh, still makes great beer. So Centennial Amarillo, uh, we're really happy. We're, we're um, one of the uh, only farms that are growing strata so oh, indie nice. hops developed that one it's uh just getting into about its third year or so and we got our first full yield this year and again analytics on that yield was great so yeah. that's that's kind of our shiniest new toy so we're really excited hell yeah have you dove into the stratosphere centennial yeah we did we bought some last spring i believe that's where all of our uh, resilience ipa stuff came from oh gotcha okay Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And then Strata, we've got, uh, we're going to be brewing a little collab up at Dark Sky tomorrow. And nice. We're, we're playing with some Strata pellets. And then we're also going to uh, add in, well, yeah, I mean, he can introduce the beer better, but we, we're also going to be adding in a little Strata hop hash, which is kind of, ah. it's it's something that we do. It's it's a natural byproduct when we're putting uh, bales through our, our pellet mill. And it kind of is what it sounds like. I mean, it, it is yeah. a sticky resinous hash that, that <laughs> yeah. we scrape off of our screen. So um, it ends up, you know, you can actually use it uh, just like you would use a, a cryo or, a, you know, concentrated hot product. So yeah. uh, it's all natural and it's, you know, twice the oils and twice the alpha, twice the aromatics with half of the plant matter. So it's a pretty wow. cool product. Hell yeah, yeah it's fun. It can get out of control really quick. <laughs> it's we, true. we learned that really. Yeah. What do you mean? Like what? Like if you use too much of it, it becomes oh, gotcha. like okay. quite overbearing, overpowering. Yeah. 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 We did a Chinook hop hash one last year that was pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. Really. Yeah. It's crazy at Dark Sky. No. <laughs> no. I don't believe it. I don't think you guys have ever taken a chance on anything in your hey, own man. Lives. Like <laughs> we're, we're. I just uh, posted today. We're at fifty percent uh, lager uh, fermentation right now no shit in our entire brewery nice man 
Dude, I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting sick of people thinking we just make like Kit Kat beers and shit. So like. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you, man. Dude, I, I mean, you know, I've been a huge fan of you guys from yeah. from the beginning. Um, and I, I don't know, like, I might be getting real deep at this point, but I think it's like a it says something about society about taking like the the safe road. Like, oh, for sure. Fuck no, we need to do it this way. I yeah. really want to do. It. You guys are like, fuck, dude, we're gonna do what the fuck we want to do. Well, it's funny having bringing Jordan on. He's been there for almost three weeks now, and. We're putting him through his paces for sure. He's like, yeah. what the fuck is going on around here? I'm like, just, just bear with me. Yeah, that's but, awesome, dude. And yeah. congratulations on, on nabbing that, dude. Yeah. I love Jordan, dude. He's one of my one of my favorite just people. Just awesome, dude. But We, we knew for about shit, six man. months, so I was try- we were trying to keep it a secret. Ah, but- dude, that's a hard uh, – yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's making my life easier already, which is nice. So. Yeah. Well, so – but that's what I've loved about you guys is – and I think when we did the podcast, one thing that really stuck out and one thing that's really stuck with me through this whole thing is you guys were taking an approach of figuring out flavor profiles. Like how does this mm-hmm. this temperature affect this taste? Like and it wasn't a matter of like, hey, how good can we follow the instructions? It was like how can we understand the essence of all of this stuff? Right. And, and you know, it's it's like – big parties like this with all these guys who inspire me you know yeah. like i've never met any of these people before but you know i i think that their breweries are great and yeah. you know we go there and try stuff and come back and like we got to try this and that's kind of how like we're, we've ended up to where we are now yeah yeah nice work man you guys Thank have you. done great and you got pizza now pizza clayta yeah that's that's uh, not a bad thing that's no it's it's killing us for sure <laughs> yeah. before i left we actually uh blew three different beers like our tap list is looking pretty bad right now. No shit. <laughs> yeah. dude. Need to get back in the brew house, man. <laughs> well, I think we've brewed 15 batches in the last 13 days or something. Yeah. So, are you guys? Um, and, and, and I don't. I don't want to put you on the spot or anything. I know there was talk at one point of you guys uh, doing a production, having something off site to kind of help to keep that volume up. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. You're in the, doing dot, that now. Dot dot dot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but right uh, now, course, like yeah. our, our sour stuff is turning really nice at a very rapid rate. I br- actually brought a couple cans. Um, I urge you to try it if you haven't yet. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're very proud of it, and it's it's been a learning experience. But this week has been like a lot of the fruit fermentations are coming to an end, so we're packaging a lot of that stuff. So okay. we've been basically having two breweries running in the same building. It's kind of hard to explain, you know, without people seeing it. But sure, sure, yeah. It's been a little hectic for like the last two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. What the t- two weeks? What about three well, you know, years? <laughs> years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, for sure. I think if things weren't chaotic for you guys, you wouldn't know what to do. You'd be like, "What?" Oh, what? I get. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If we don't have a, if we don't have a, a week where we're not doing something over and over and over again, like, yeah. what are we even doing? Yeah, yeah. Love it, man. How many? Love how many it. new recipes have you guys brewed? Uh, we're at five hundred and four. <laughs> so we actually, I made the call awesome. this week. We're just going to stick with, like, certain beer names and just kind of change the variation of hops and ingredients and stuff. I'm sick of coming up with beer names. I'm tired of it. Like, I'm just t- You've come up with a 504. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're just going to – it's going to make a lot of our lives easier for, like, material ordering and stuff like that. So Yeah. Nice, man. Congratulations on, on everything, dude, for sure. Yeah. Now you got this guy bringing hops question i want to ask both you guys and, and either of you guys chime in but uh what's the challenge of because i know there have been some places you got 24-hour hops down in maricopa that was doing the indoor hop growing mm-hmm. i think there's a few places of dabbled in what's the challenge in arizona with us growing hops I, i'll take this question first yeah. <laughs> so we we actually talked about this when brad was giving us a tour when we were picking hops that day and Weedy and I looked at each other. I was like, wow, we found something that's worse than starting a brewery. Yeah. <laughs> it's starting a hop farm. Oh, really? And, you know, yeah. like, not to 
talk shit on anybody, but like these people who come in like, oh, I grow hops. I have like 10 pounds. Like that doesn't really even do anything for us. And we're small. Sure. Yeah. When you see an operation like that running commercially at that volume and that speed, it's like, dude, don't even bother. Like there's no point. Yeah. And not only that, but the quality that like these guys are able to put out. Like, yeah, I think, you know, the hop industry or like people who think they can grow hops. It's just like craft beer. You know, like we went through this change three years ago. We're like, Oh, I can, I can, I can run a brewery. Yeah. And we saw a lot of bad stuff come with that and it's kind of weeding itself out now a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. Same thing, man. Like is there tread lightly and <laughs> no, no, <laughs> but, but you know what though, dude, that's, I mean, that's, there might yeah. be, if somebody's got some serious money and some sure. motivation, like sure. Yeah. Anything's possible, but Trust me, when you see it running at like full speed, it is a terrifying machine. Like you yeah. don't want any part of it. And, I, and dude, we were, between us and Tombstone, we run like two of the most diverse, fast-paced breweries in the state. And like we all looked at each other, we're like, "Fuck that!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. That's an interesting perspective, right? Yeah. Because I, I think when you, I think when you go into anything, like when I went into when I'm, you know, trying to do what I'm doing with this, with Luke doing what he's trying to do, you want like you want it's if it's possible let's fucking go for it right but then you get to a point where it's like you know what man i could spend that energy elsewhere exactly let's 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 make here's what we leave it to the pros really well yeah yeah there's enough people growing like good shit now like let's not even don't do that right (laughs) and grow grow fucking kale i don't care but like don't (laughs) don't do hops man like yeah yeah that's interesting it's just gonna it's gonna muddy the waters i think and you know like i said same thing with craft beer you know like Joe Schmo opens said pub down the street that's serving like craft beer, you yeah. know, but they're not trying hard and they don't care. So it's like, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I've been pretty vocal and very passionate about this lately. And I, cause you know, we travel a lot, you know, Larry and I go out a lot and we see some really bad stuff and it's, it's depressing, man. It hurts. Yeah. You're talking about, uh, within our, like within Arizona or just around. Oh, everywhere. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it's, you know, you go like even Portland, man. Like we had some some fucking great beer there, but there was some bad stuff, and like you could tell that they just were like surviving on the wave that still was. Yeah, you know, yep. like I'm a craft beer guy. Yeah, yeah. but dude, that's not good. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's true, man. It, it is true, and and I think that's what a few people have said um, is. Like if Arizona is going to be one of those destination states, mm-hmm. we got to raise the bar all across the board, man. And like, he he yeah. said it before. I think we're there. You know, I yeah. think that we're making some good waves now. And for sure, there was just a lot of lack of respect for a long time, which was rightly so. I mean, we had like ten breweries here, and yeah. they were all pretty big. You know, yep. We were uh, probably five years behind the curve of like Denver, Portland, Miami, or wherever else you want to say. But yeah, I think we're there now, and it feels pretty good. It's funny, the uh, Nick from from True. Yeah, it was funny. He was making fun of me sending up a podcast. Like he didn't tell me this till after, and then he was the first guest. It was yeah. perfect. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I was like, you want to be on the podcast? He's like, Fuck. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. But I told him too. Like I said, I, you know, I'm kind of embarrassed to say, not embarrassed, but to say that I have a podcast, right? Because so I say like crap beer media come because we do we did the book, yep. we do video, all this other stuff. Because I don't want to be have that stigma of like just I just talk shit on everybody's beer. That's right. what my podcast is. Like dude that's not what well it's that's about. what like and again you're being lumped in with that shit. So yeah. I think like the beer media deal is like that's perfect. Yeah. Call yourself that. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yes, I appreciate that. Yeah. I think I've told people a couple of times or someone said my wife like, oh he has a 
beer podcast. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> don't no, tell no, no, them no. that. <laughs> yeah. You're that dick who buys the brewery's beer down the street and talks shit about it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, exactly, exactly. Oh, what, you suck their dicks in these yes. three places? But yeah. yeah, don't even get me started on that. But uh, So I was talking to Nick from True. He was mm-hmm. the first guest. And he was talking about how, I'm like, dude, the wild ales here in Arizona, like they're just getting started, right? You got Wilderness here doing it. You got like 1912. Um, I think... Um, Grand Canyons, mm-hmm. they're getting into it with some of the wild saisons, and so it's brand new for us. But he's like, for yeah, people in Denver, they're just kind of over it. Yeah. It shows you that that the different uh, times to, within the spectrum where places are, right? Because people are over it there. I'm like, dude, send them our way yeah. then, because we need more of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, us as brewers, like I enjoy making because they're challenging. You yeah, know, they're, they're and, you, and you guys. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I, didn't, yeah, I know you guys do. No, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, uh, us in wilderness and I think 12 us are the only guys with fooders in the state now and, you know, kind of coddle and nurture that thing and yeah, let it do what it's doing. So it's been fun. I love it, man. We have way too much nature in this state, way too much diversity in the environment to yeah. not capitalize on that and represent the land. You know yeah. what I mean? I yeah. Just... I think Brad, you mentioned this was your first, uh, cool ship. Yeah. 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 This is the first time I've, I mean, I know what a cool ship is. Sure. First time I've seen it in action. And of course it's in the middle of a forest in, oh, yeah. you know, in Northern <laughs> yeah. Arizona. So I guess, you know, this probably isn't typical, but this yeah. is, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be fun kind of checking it out tonight. And we, you know, I, I guess we just let it sit, Hell let yeah. it sit and let it inoculate. I think the most important part of the, of the cool ship is to party hard. <laughs> Near the cool ship. Exactly. That's, that's definitely so, part of it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the harder you party, the better the beers. That's right, man. That's right. Secret ingredient. Exactly. Or you party too hard and ruin it. That's what happened last time we did it. Did so, you? Yeah. <laughs> did you really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you guys have done, I know there's yep. been a, a few cool ships that you guys have done, um, been involved with. So w- what do you mean by that? Like somebody didn't throw up in the... <laughs> Well, no, thank God, but uh, that's off limits. We keep that far away from camp. Yeah. These guys are brave keeping it right there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we, the first one turned out great. Um, second one, we had a bad weather window where it just got too cold. Oh, no um, shit. The beer actually, the wort actually molded before it fermented. Ah, man. So instead of, you know, trying to cut our losses and, like, harvest some that we could, we just threw it all away. Ah, uh, yeah. But first batch tastes great. It's 18 months old now. Nice. It's still sitting. Yeah. It's still nice, in barrels. dude. It's chilling. Where? Undisclosed location. Which, which barrel? Which barrel? <laughs> <laughs> Brad's going to get some tomorrow. Oh, we'll pass the word along. Like I said, it's, it's a tough job. I, I hate yeah. it. <laughs> no. Yeah, damn, man. That's you know, keep working, man. You'll get you'll you'll get out of that that eventually, shit show eventually. eventually it'll be a fun job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. Yeah. Awesome, dudes. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, can't even say anything else. Thank except you. Except for thanks for letting us rub the hops and absolutely. Thanks for making great beer, Ryan. Yeah, if you haven't done that yet, go do it. It's wow, awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I rubbed it everywhere. Yeah, so, nice. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Sweet. <laughs> All right, so we got another guest here. we got, uh, do you want to introduce sure. yourself, my friend? Evan Watson of Plan B Farm Brewery in Poughkeepsie, New York. Plan B, B-E-E. That's right. It's a big old pun. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Dude, we were chatting over here a minute ago. I'm like, dude, we got to get you on the fucking microphone, man. I, I told you the story of coming across your beer in, in a bottle shop in Maine and just being blown away, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah. you. Uh, what, what's going on over in uh, upstate New York for you guys? Well... You know, it's it's a bit. We've been traveling a bit. Like we, if, if, this is wonderful. I feel like I can barely remember what happened yesterday. <laughs> but yeah, we, we for good reasons, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> we, yeah, we we're getting in. We're a farm, so we're getting into the the harvest season of certain things, and but mainly getting 
to the point where we can relax and I do a lot of brewing in the season because we do a lot of spontaneous uh, cool ship beers and yeah. also um you know, it's just nicer. I, I, everything's fermented in oak, so things behave themselves and stay cooler this time of year for us. We, I, I, you know, it's it was eighty degrees here today, but um, when I left, it was like eighteen in New York. So. <laughs> yeah, so this was a welcome trip to, to get some. Certainly, but we're getting a little chilly, aren't we? Hey, we are, man. Yeah. These, these headphones are working as earmuffs currently. <laughs> yeah, they are, dude. And they're doing a great job at it, for yeah, sure. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> so how did you guys... First of all, I love the the farm concept, man. I... I um, I I don't know. I'll tell anybody that'll listen. Like I, you know, I've always loved like great beer, like obscure kind of things, like everything from a, a simple pilsner to something crazy, right? Mm-hmm. But I was never really into sours, right? And I started to develop my palate and uh, in, into the sours because mostly in Arizona you get a lot of kettle sours. You don't get like true spontaneous fermentation wild ales. Last November I took a trip to uh, Austin uh, with a friend. And went to Jester King. Yeah, the Mecca. The Mecca, right? I said. I think I talked to to Nick from True about this earlier. It but is the Mecca. I guess, but we use Mecca for everything, and it's Mecca's like a it's a Muslim thing, right? That is true. And they don't drink beer, but so I don't. <laughs> it's like true. maybe the opposite of the Mecca. <laughs> it's like the Mecca of of not the Mecca. other Mecca. <laughs> a farmhouse brewing is certainly the the predecessors, the Jeff Stuffings, the our American. A forefather, one yeah. of them, one of the on the um, Mount Rushmore of of wild fermentation, certainly For holds sure. a spot. Absolutely, man, and and it opens up people's like people that don't. I, I feel that I've found that those wild and spontaneous ferment, you know, spontaneously fermented beers are a good gateway beer to get people that say I don't like beer. Like, oh shit, try this. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah. they yeah, they definitely exist outside. We started out. So we started out six years ago, committed to first and foremost just using ingredients from New York exclusively. Yeah. And at that time, it meant like traveling six hours north to Binghamton, New York to get um, malt out of a guy's fish tank. So the ingredients weren't <laughs> great. So when it, your, your base ingredients like malt and hops aren't ideal yeah. in their infant stages of a, a renaissance of, of, of farming, then you have to do, you have to use. Um, fermentation, because fermentation, after all, is what's creating the most flavor and uh, chemical compounds that we're smelling and enjoying. So you have, uh, and not only that, you paint not you know, with a single pitch of a yeast in a very sterile environment. You're painting with monochromatically. Whereas if you uh, if you embrace a wild culture, ours harvested from raw honey, um, you, a mixed culture of bacteria and yeast, you're painting with all these kind of different brushes. So it doesn't see it doesn't fit into that box that we all come from. Still, maybe we'll grow out of it as a country, but from the macro lager era's uh, era post prohibition and so it it feels like the farthest thing from beer is yeah. what i'm saying you know for people it's a great style it's something closer sure. to champagne it's something uh, high effervescence funky acidity those kinds of things yeah when it's a sip or two, right? Like you're you're not fucking you're not doing keg stands on. Well, you on might that. not be. Here. No, I'm, I'm definitely not. No, no. Evans, like you got no idea who you're yeah, talking to, bro. bro. Yeah. This crowd that we're hanging out with oh, this dude. evening, yeah, we might be keg standing some lambic <laughs> before true. you know it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, I would. I'd be down for that. Yeah, I would but, be down for yeah. that. So, so how did you guys? How did you? Um, 
Did you? Is it a family farm? Is it something that's always been? How did you guys decide to do what you what you do? No, I I, I came to New York in um, 2007 after graduating college and did a had signed a record deal, did music for a living. No shit, dude. for a nice. long uh, period, not a long period of time, for a period of time, and I worked part time at Captain Lawrence Brewing, uh, a regional larger brewery. When this I, is in all in upstate New York. That's in Westchester County, just north okay. of the city. Okay. And, uh, so that was my part-time job, and as uh, as Plan A was getting more and more taxing, and uh, kind of psychological, and a way to where you're not. I mean, music's a very tough. Any art, you know, putting in a lot of work and not getting back what you put in is very difficult. Sure. And so I wanted to get. I you know I'd been brewing, home brewing, and working for Captain Lawrence. I worked for Guinness for a period of time, and at, at some point, I, I felt like farming and then beer and all these things were more of a reap what you sow scenario the, okay. the effort that you put in it was extracted as opposed to music where you can work really hard and get nothing or you work barely hard at all and you get a lot so it's 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 a kind of a confusing thing yeah well and not dependent on the quality of it yeah, like so, it's, it's not like an equal scale it's like all right man if i put a lot of you, yeah like it's like well, i don't put anything into this my music shitty but fuck yeah i just made it yeah right like, god damn it dude like i, I put my heart and soul into this yeah. and that's an interesting line in interesting. my plastic bed, right? Yeah, yeah, dude. Nice reference. Yeah. Nice, nice reference. Call back from a non, a non mic'd conversation. That's right. <laughs> yes, that is a good point. We were talking about Sublime, Bradley Nolan, Pool Shark, man. Nice. It's I like it. Honest stuff. Yeah, yeah, for but sure. It, that's hard. I mean, that's a great example of somebody who tragically didn't feel the um, the reward from his efforts. And, yeah. And, and I mean, it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous world. And when you're farming, you put a seed in the ground, you grow, I mean, you fuck up all the time. That's yeah. part of farming. But, um, generally you, you, you and quite literally reap what you sow. You you know? do. So that's where the phrase comes from. That's Damn right. it. I just figured that out. Yeah. No, I knew that. No, you're super smart. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> that's awesome. So any experience with farming, like you or your wife, any experience with farming? Up My wife, them? well, I'm from Indiana. She's from Ohio. We're at in Ohio. Uh, she's from Worcester, Ohio. No North, shit. Northeast Ohio. Yeah. I, mean, I grew there. up in Northeastern Ohio. Where'd you grow up? Uh, so I grew up uh, right outside of Youngstown, Ohio. Sure. I uh, went right to college in Canton. You oh, cool. You went to college in Canton? At I did. Kent State. Or it, no, that's not Canton, is it? Uh, Kent is a little bit north. I think it's Where'd in you go to college? Kent. So I went to a place called Walsh University. Sure. I played football at the College of Worcester. I went to the College of Worcester. No shit, dude. And we played Walsh. Ah, yeah. dude, I played football at Walsh. Dude. I, Look at this. Two years. Dude. Should we smack our heads <laughs> together? Should we try to achieve CTE <laughs> later on? Later. I mean, it's definitely happening. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What, what position were you? I played defensive end. Me too, dude. No way. <laughs> Look at this. this we're growing awesome. out. Hell yeah, dude. This is great. We're growing John out. and Pat are like, dude, why do fucking Evan and Eric have fucking like pets on made out of wood <laughs> Dude, that's awesome oh, no, man what a small oh, no. world yeah, that's indeed. that's but anyway she grew yeah. up you know that community well then for sure yeah and so she grew up her her dad was a farmer and then worked for the um new i mean ohio state agriculture as a, a grain silo auditor for his entire life until wow. he's recently retired but that sounds like exciting no it's work. not you're kind of well he farmed a lot you know he had his own farm but then he became like the czar to farming which uh, it's not a great position if you think about it like is there you're like is, are there really as much is there as much corn in the side 
Kylo is you yeah. know, stated for tax purposes. Yeah. He's kind of an evil figure, yeah. I imagine. <laughs> right. Yeah. Bullshit. Drain it. Let's count it. Colonel no, but by Colonel. He was helpful in the in the inception of the farm. And yeah. I grew up in a farming community, but my dad was a theater professor, maybe the antithesis of a farmer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a little bit of that in beer, though, man. There's a, there's a, there's the the performance aspect of it. Sure. I think from a brewer side of it too. Like it's uh, it is in, in a way. It's a sport, right? Yeah, like you've met Jonathan, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. It all it's all coming together, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all coming together. So I think it's badass that you guys are it, now at this point is everything that makes the beer for plan B, which is awesome too cuz you're talking about plan A. Now this is plan B. That's part of it, sure. And yeah. then we're culturing the yeast from or mixed culture from raw honey and our yeah. Which is interesting too, right? So how do, where does that lie in the on, on the spectrum of mead? Right? Mead? Because, well, it's well it just started out with one one little tiny bit of honey. So I mean honey is not actually present in, in the fermentation okay. of all these beers. But we have we have made mead and and like natural mead, sparkling mead, this sparkling mead. Yeah, nice, it's been a cool. It, that was a uh, cool project. Our spring mead, trying to emulate what spring means. It's all white clover honey. Our our harvest of spring honey is like white clover. It's delicate, soft, woody, and so I made um yeah I made a natural mead with no pitching of yeast with uh, there was like four percent alcohol and super sparkling. Kind of the antithesis of what most most people consider mead yeah right like 12 percent syrupy oh syrupy yep yep so yeah so we we did that to represent our spring and and eventually we'll do a fall mead that will with buckwheat and goldenrod those those things that are available for bee forage that will represent the fall to me as well yeah but the, yeah, this, I don't know. I'm distracting you from your line of question. Dude, no, I, like, I was like, dude, if he keeps talking for two more hours, yada, I'm yada, good with that. Yada, yeah, yada. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna fucking kill myself. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're doing great, man. Like yeah. this is like I, I, I don't know. When when John and Pat invited me out for this, and they're like, all right, here's who all's coming. Um, I'm like, fucking true. Yeah, Black Project. You know, heard of Flora and then when I saw you. Plan B. Yeah. I was like, "Fuck yeah, dude!" Like, I'm a, like, I, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm kind of all these guys too. Bit, oh no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> but you know, who, maybe you should talk to. I don't know how, when this is shutting down, but um, Jennings from Penn Druid is a fascinating. Oh fella, yeah, yeah. And that's a crazy place. They do all. Um, they cook their word outside. Uh, all wood, wood fire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you talk to him already? Uh, it's not on the podcast. We just kind of struck up. But a also, from a music it. perspective, he's a very humble man. Yeah. But he's the bass player with his brother, um, in, that run the brewery uh, called uh, Pontiac, which is like one of the in the scene of psychedelic hard rock is like selling out like five hundred seat venues, and he, they just came back from a tour. He's a really interesting musician brewer i gotta get well. him on next I definitely yeah yeah i'm his hype man too hey, you are. Uh, <laughs> i love it dude no i'm just i guess i mean and i love fontaflora i've been a fan of them i love you know arizona wilderness of uh, you know i it's it's always an honor to be a part of these things how did you get connected with wilderness i well i think it was fontaflora a lot of shirtlessness <laughs> Does that make sense? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, I, I can't believe that John and Pat have shirts still on. still have shirts on? Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I, I, I uh, Todd from uh, Fontaflora is nice enough to invite us down to their state of origin festival in North Carolina, which yeah. is all about breweries that are utilizing the local ingredients. 
and um, a couple years ago we did that, and I first met Jonathan there, and we got along quite a bit. We made up songs together, and then <laughs> this, awesome. yeah, yeah, this previous, uh, this next year, uh, this this uh, previous. Um, I don't even know what I'm saying. The, the, uh, this this year's State of Origin Festival, we amped up our shirtless uh, shenanigans. <laughs> we played basketball in the rain for a while, and then we played. Oh, like dude, a, I remember watching that. Like okay. John and John's not shy about like doing sure. stories for that. Yeah, either. yeah. So yeah. then and then we and then we played like a two hour set until everybody left of improvised songs, yeah. including Lake James Lime Life because they have a beer. Uh, Fauna Floor has a beer called Lake James Lime. Yeah, yeah. And we created a song, Living That Lake James Limelight. Sing it. Right on the, you, got, you got a microphone right there. You literally. You don't want to fight tonight. Because we're living that Lake James Limelight. Yeah, so that's. Yeah. Love it. No, it's I love not it. coming back. Don't worry about it. I was blown away by the number of cans that guy just had. <laughs> It's fucking wasted. <laughs> he's threw away like yeah, 17 awesome. kids from Highland Park. Yeah. <laughs> but the um yeah, we we I think we really peaked with our song um Moo-ow, which is a story about a, a cat that thought it was a cow. Just like like spur of the moment. Yeah, like, it was all oh, impro- improvised. Yeah. Some yeah, deep shit, dude. No, so we were buddies. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, man. and then I, you know, I weasel my way in. Hell yeah! Enough so they invite me to these things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, I, th- I I think what you guys are doing in upstate New York is 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 amazing, dude. Really love it. It was great to meet you. Great yeah, to likewise. Have you on the thank podcast. you. Thank you for having me uh, talk. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Right, man. So I think I need another beer. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. <laughs> got another group of guests here. So we've got three people from three different places. Is that right? No, we're all we're from all Los from Angeles, world. Highland Park Brewery. Oh, you're all from Highland Park? Oh, okay, okay. Well, dude, that is strike one on me for sure. <laughs> so, dude, thanks for joining, man. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Jumping on the mic. And so, first of all, why are you in the Arizona wilderness with Arizona Wilderness right now? <laughs> well, we got invited to brew some spontaneous beer in the mountains of Arizona. I think that... Uh, fair amount of this group actually all kind of connected and had some camaraderie at Fauna Flora's festival called State of Origin. Uh, okay. So earlier this summer we uh, spent a weekend together at that festival yeah. on Lake James, drinking Lake James Lime Light. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Then we got invited to this. Was that the song? Was that the song you came over and sang earlier? That yeah. was that the was song. <laughs> but it'll, the I'm sure song it'll happen later on too. <laughs> Is after a beer. Okay, okay. So, light lager that, with lime from Fauna Flora. That uh, Arizona Wilderness brewed uh, Camp Light. The Camp Light, that was the one that... Yeah, that's the, basically a, yeah. like an homage to Lake James Lime yeah. Light. Basically a ripoff. Yeah. Let's <laughs> <laughs> call it what it is, right? Basically, guys, nice job, Wilderness, yeah. Uh, so, no, no, this is... I, I love what these guys are doing with, I mean... It's crazy to see an Arizona brewery like getting across the world, man, and like spreading the word and bringing great people like you guys to the to the mix. And dude, what a fucking great time, right? Yeah. I mean, where's the negative right here, right now? It's awesome. It's very fitting for what their whole like mantra is too. Yeah, and I mean, they're such sweethearts as well. Like when we went to the State of Origin Fest, we had met Jonathan there and Chase. Um, 
and just hanging out with them was like these guys are like so great and yeah you can tell that like especially Jonathan Patter, like their hearts are here and like they represent Arizona in a very positive way yeah I think they bring a lot of um, attention to the beer scene uh, they also bring a party everywhere they oh, go. They do, don't they? Yeah. That <laughs> it's is like it. a freight train. <laughs> yeah. Every time. Like, every time you know John and Pat. So who, like I said, this is some, I've been wondering this. Who is the, who is the crazier of the two, John or Pat? We, I, we haven't actually spent that much time with Pat. So Okay, okay. Just based on our experiences, Jonathan for sure. Yeah. <laughs> what? Based on our experience, Jonathan for sure. Yeah. But we haven't spent that much time with Pat. So okay. it's like right. kind of an unfair comparison. But, I almost feel this. This might be going on a limb, but I feel like Pat could make up for it in one move. Like John would do five crazy things, Pat would be like, "Nice try." And <laughs> one crazy fucking, well, you know, I'm looking, foot I'm looking drop. forward to something like that happening because <laughs> there were so many instances in the few short days that we spent with Jonathan because uh, we had gone, we had flown into Asheville to brew with Burial, and then like we went to Fontaflora for their festival, hung out with them. For, so like we we had a few days with with just Jonathan and Chase. And in those few short days, there was, like, so many things. One of them was uh, after the State of Origin Fest, uh, there was, like, an after-party thing at this place called Homer's Soda Shop. And uh, it was right next to where the festival took place. And it was, like, torrential downpouring the entire time. And, of, of course, in, like, normal fashion, like, everyone just embraces it and just has way more fun than you would anticipate having. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, rain's never going to stop anybody from having fun. And yeah. it, it made the festival that much more exciting. But... Afterwards, we we had, we had a, a rental car, and Fontaflora had put us up, put everyone up that was at the festival in the, in the same hotel that was like maybe oh, nice man two miles away or something. Yeah, and we offered Jonathan and Chase a ride. And at this point, it was probably like twelve thirty or one a.m. or something from the place, and it just seems like it's in Jonathan's wheelhouse to like everything's just going to work out. And so like they denied the ride, and of course they end up like befriending this. Uh, food truck that was like a an old converted small uh school bus and so they like the guy was off duty too so they like they're just hammered and they're like in the school bus eating like the the food that the guy had left over just like drinking beer and just like shooting the shit with the guy and of course like they end up back at the hotel yeah and like it, it just seems like he's he's on this like war path but like the universe just follows him yeah. and just like makes sure everything it's like finishes out okay. should i go to bed man that was should i go to bed yet and he's like I think something more crazy could possibly <laughs> could happen yeah. in the next hour, and I don't want to miss that more crazy. And then when we stayed uh, a few days later, we, this, we met back way. up like, with him in Asheville, and we we didn't we didn't really plan on staying because we were going to be heading down to um, Georgia to hang out with the Creature Comforts guys, but we ended up crashing in Chase and Jonathan's hotel room, and so. Bob, myself, and Chase end up going back to their hotel room and staying there. At that point, it was however early it was in the morning. Jonathan's friend, who worked at White Labs, was like, oh, yeah, come to my house. Like, I live on the outskirts of Asheville. Meanwhile, it's like two and a half miles away. He walks back from her place at, like, six in the morning and, like, just passes out there. (laughs) Like, he just... That was the end. That was it. Yeah, whatever... Whatever thing he's feeling, he's just gonna like follow that, and just, yeah. like, it's gonna take him somewhere. But dude, I mean that 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 was a perfect circle of coming back around to why we're here, right? Yeah. Like the like the, just that outside the box. I, I was there, so you guys are probably familiar with the Sonago malt that they use. Actually, really close to here. I think maybe I can. 
45 minutes that way with oh, the sweet. locally grown malt. it was that close to Yeah, you. super close. Um, but uh, so we did an episode with Chip, the dude that basically was the founder. And I was asking him, I said, yeah, dude, those guys really think outside the box. And he just laughed. He's like, dude, they live outside of the box. <laughs> yeah. like, they're not, not just thinking yeah. that. Yeah, I'm like, exactly. Yeah, and that's that's great. And here we are with really some of the best brewers in the world like really like i mean that's i know you guys will never say that because that's what i love about the beer industry is everybody's so just humble and we love what we do that's mm-hmm. the point we love what we do and we want to do cool shit but some fucking badass breweries here today, yeah right for sure have you guys been a little bit in awe of like some of the people like holy shit dude fucking what well, fonta flora you've met them yeah uh but like true or whoever like meeting people Starstruck, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. In a way, like when going back to what Bob said, like it, it is a little bit of a reunion sort of feeling, because like I I met these guys at in North Carolina for the Fontaflora City of Origin Fest, and to like hear about these breweries that you love, but to actually like meet their owners and like the people that brew the beer is like it was very. You felt not disconnected, but you're like you felt like sort of out of body experience in a okay. way like yeah uh i'm not like a, a, a fanboy sort of thing but to just like really you sort of feel um i don't know you f- you you know about them for so long and you like their their personality really fits to what you thought about them like it's it almost not, it's kind not of like facade. solidifies it yeah solidifies it's, it's, yeah it's not and like there's so many hype breweries out there that some deserve the hype and some don't but yeah. like these guys are all not only great brewers but like just awesome people yeah to be around they're the with. legends that yeah talked about what do you mean by that too? like like they are legends as people say and then when you actually meet them you're like you are an actual good person and you yeah. really do fight the good yeah. Good war. Like, I like that oh, I yeah. liked you already. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah, I, yeah. I knew I liked you, and now I actually do like you. That's You know what? That's that's a really good point, because you think about the other side of it. It was like, dude, I thought you were cool, and then you were a fucking dick. Oh, yeah. God yeah. damn it. You that's know? what happens most yeah. of the time yep. in the real world. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We chose craft beer, man. I think we chose well. I yeah. definitely think we chose well. Um, so... I, I mean, we. I think we started to introduce you guys, but you guys never told me about your place. That was my fault. I took this way off track. Uh, so, what? What is? Who are you guys? What do you do? Uh, yeah, Highland Park Brewery. We uh, opened in 2014. Um, kind of spent the first four years of existence uh, in a 400 square foot space production brewery, essentially. Yeah. Um, we opened up behind an existing bar called the Hermosillo, and and uh, they were a separate company, but we had sold the beer to them, and it was kind of like me and one other person for a long time, and then uh, about a year and a half ago, we opened up our second brewery, which is kind of a, a, a better realization of okay. what Highland Park Brewery could be. Like tap room um, and bigger yeah, space. Yeah, kitchen, like tap yeah, room, nice. bigger production space warehouse that sort of thing um but yeah so we're a brewery in los angeles we uh make pretty broad range of beer okay uh probably about 50 percent hoppy beer 35 percent lager beer and then a mix of kind of like stouts and mixed culture beer and yeah. for the other 15 percent uh 
pretty much sell all our beer direct to consumer. About ninety five percent of what we sell okay. is just, just right over, out the over our room. bar. Yeah, either nice. pints or cans or bottles to go, and then just kind of like keep community with bars and restaurants in LA. We distribute about five percent of draft beer around. Nice around, man, around just, the community. En- just enough to get it out there to yep. show yeah, what you're doing, yep. and yeah. So uh, yeah. Yeah, you I really mean, want the real taste come into the tap room, yep. like yeah, because uh, yeah, that's great, man. Getting people through those doors because it's it, beer is an experience, man. Like it, it's like I don't know, man. I I love it's a whole different thing going into the actual place than just going people. to like a having on a, a tap store or something. Yeah, or like yeah, a six pack or a four pack to go. Right, you go to a restaurant, great. Oh, this great pizza place. Oh shit, dude, they got fucking Highland Park on draft. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna get it, but a whole different level. Like you just, I don't know. I feel like you feel more part of it when you're seeing the dudes seeing clean where, out it's, this, where it's coming from. Where it's coming from. And, and I mean, the people put the work in. Yeah, it's special. And the energy's there too. It's yeah. special anytime that you get to interact with the producer or something. Yeah, it's like yeah. you know. It's like, oh, I actually get to get this beer that I love. I get to go and have the experience. It's a direct sort of like relationship with them. Yeah. Which, you know, you don't get that in a lot of things. It's like, oh, I love this artist or this musician or whatever. Yeah. And you don't get to like have as close of a connection as going direct to the Less to the source. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think for you guys to, to be a part of this um, – I don't know if you downplayed it or not, but you guys got to make some good wild ale, some spawn, right? For, to be in, in the in in this company, so I mean, yeah, is that a, is that kind of a focus? Is that- uh, you know, I it it is. I would say it's probably over time been one of the my biggest passion passions. Yeah, um, for beer, uh, you know, it, it's a small part of what we do because it's like there's not like this massive broad demand for the beer sure yeah but especially for this beer in particular it's like i would say that like we have a a pretty strong passion for spontaneously fermented beers so we're kind of going into our fifth season of brewing spontaneously fermented beer yeah um and so you know it, it it it's pretty rad sometimes we'll get like people be like you make that in LA and it's like gross. And it's like, well, have you been to Cantillon <laughs> yeah. where they're in the middle of a dirty city? Yeah. And <laughs> that beer is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I think that it, it, it is a pretty like rad experience to get to translate that into a whole nother environment. Sure. It's just like, Oh, we're doing it in the middle of the city. And now this week, you know, we get a sort of have this camaraderie and do that same thing. In the woods, yeah, pretty unreal. Hell yeah, right? <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think that it, it's definitely a big part of who we are as a brewery, um, and I think it. I think we also share a similar like ethos. I think we're yeah. passionate about you know our local community and like California agriculture. Nice, man. Um, yeah. You know, using as much local grain as we possibly can using local ingredients that are like meaningful to Los Angeles and the surrounding area. Yeah. And you say it a lot, just like being good stewards in general to yeah. recycling as much as possible and just reclaiming water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When we can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's true. Like one thing I've, I've, uh, one thing I really want to highlight in Arizona, almost kind of like to make it a mini piece of just kind of a series of podcast videos, whatever is how beer 
has such a huge impact on like innovation of like in like environmental and like because in Arizona like they had, they're growing Sanagua malt now, and the initial point of it was to get the river flow higher at the Verde River, because like these farms were pulling so much water it was like fucking up like fish populations, uh-huh. birds and all right. So Sanagua malt's like, well, what if we change from from uh, alfalfa to barley? Like we can then provide, you know, malt to the breweries and it'll, you know, help the water flow. Right. But I think it's really cool that beer is such a huge part of that. Yeah. Pat was talking about that earlier. Yeah. Brewers are always getting involved with the water reclamation projects or the whatever. So, man. Well, they're always run by caring, compassionate people. Yeah. And like, it makes sense that it translates into their environment because like, what are you without your environment? Yeah. I mean, you can't exist otherwise. Yeah, exactly. Here we are. In the wilderness, yep. drinking beer. Yep. Do you guys want to try this one? So this yeah. is my friends down in Tucson, Crooked Tooth Brewing. Every uh, one of you guys want to read that? I would. I'd rather you read that than me, just to see. It. You're going to experience something just in the reading of it. <laughs> All right. So we have Harvest Moon here. It says 2019 vintage, uh, hoppy blue corn, blueberry, and Peruvian peppercorn sour, four and a four point four percent ABV. Uh, the ingredients are lots of information on the sidebar so (laughs) well uh, you read down the ingredients and there's like purpose there's like spiritual like meaning for these guys that's why they put it and you'll see like there's a crystal at the bottom of the list too is that the laramar that might be yeah laramar for the enhancement of wholeness aligning us into a harmonious flow with time and space they're pretty badass yeah so you're you're saying they brew Every full moon. Every full moon? Every full moon, yeah. So they do a full moon, they do a small bottle release, have it on tap. Yeah, (laughs) awesome, awesome people. They're in Tucson? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Dude, they do some really good sours. They started doing sours where they put uh, tahine and um, chamoy on the rim. Oh, yeah. It's fucking fantastic, man. With (laughs) specific, like, certain sours, yeah. So, I don't know. What do you guys think? It's pretty... uh, It's cool. I I love all these low abv mixed culture beers that aren't like just palate shreddingly sour and they like actually have texture and like body to them yeah and they're not just like so one-dimensional it's got some cool fruit too it's like i didn't know there was blueberry before i started drinking it yeah it's like is it it strawberry is it like like rhubarb or something yeah yeah definitely some rhubarb yeah Yeah. so some pretty unique cool strawberry express or fruit expression yeah nice job Crooked Tooth, yeah. always doing good shit in yeah. Tucson. Yeah, fun Tucson. to try a brewery I've never had. Yeah, and the, and the, dude, the story behind them, like, they're the, like, coolest people. And their tap room, dude, they're, so one of the things that we lack in Arizona is uh, the buildings, like, the old buildings, right? There's a lot of, like, strip mall breweries or, you know, you know, just not old, like, brick buildings. But you go to Tucson, and there's, like, six right within walking distance, and they got some old fucking, like, old school good buildings. Layout. Yeah, I like that. Um, so, anyways, this is just me ranting at this point. Uh, so, guys, thanks so much for joining. Yeah, thanks uh, for being here. Really appreciate it. So, once again, Highland Park. Yes, Bob from Highland Park. We got Josh from Josh. Highland Park and Keenan from Highland Park. What are your, what's your guys' roles? I don't think I ever clarified that. So, what's Keenan? Assistant brewer. Josh is brewer. Uh, owner, sort of. Handyman. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guys, thanks so much. Thank you. Really appreciate Cheers. it. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks for having Cheers. us. Yeah. Camp cool shit, baby. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. So uh, introduce yourself. What's your name? I'm. Uh, my name's David Graham. I'm a uh, head brewer at Lervig, which is on the southwest coast of Norway. Of Nor- 
in Stavanger. Yeah. I thought that's where that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's a long way from from Norway to here. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I guess, I mean, there's really no reason for me to be here other than this is uh, super, super, for me, like, nice opportunity to come out. Yeah. Hang out with the guys, meet a bunch of people, and then, like, honestly, just to see a bit of Arizona. I've never been out here before, so. Okay. Yeah. Long way, but at the end of the day, I'm... You know, you get pretty used to putting your body through travel stress and drinking and all that. Yeah. You know, it just kind of <laughs> yeah. melds into one feeling. Yeah. yeah. Well, then here you are, right, in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Um, great group of people, man. Oh, this like is just, great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in our industry, as you know, it's not tough to meet good people, pretty much. Yeah. So then, <clears throat> but this group especially, I mean, <clears throat> the the I'm from Canada. Okay. Um and the brewing scene in Scandinavia is awesome. Really, really? great breweries, really good nice. people. But there's something about, for me anyway, like reconnecting with North Americans. Is, you know, you have these like similar upbringings in some way and yeah. just obscure references to things that you, you had in childhood and whatever. So it's, it's really nice to come back and be around a bunch of... That's cool, man. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it because, I mean, is Canada and U.S. that much no, different? definitely <laughs> right? not. Definitely My wife not. is from, uh, she's from like northwestern Minnesota. Which okay. is southern that, Canada. That's basically where I grew up. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in really? Saskatchewan. And it's oh, like, okay. We used to drive three days. We'd drive. My dad's from uh, Niagara area. So okay. We'd pile into the van. <clears throat> Everyone would get their uh, two-liter bottle of to pee in because he didn't want to make any stops. <laughs> ah, dude, that's dedication. Dad was yeah. on a mission. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> Couldn't stop for five boys. And then uh, <laughs> yeah. drive through Minnesota down up to Grand Rapids and then over. Well. That's awesome, man. And, and just the, the similar upbringing, right? Like it's, I mean, I, I don't even start to pretend to know what growing up in Norway would no, be, right? It, <laughs> but exactly. I would think it'd be completely different, right? Absolutely. You know, it's, of course, they had like their exposure to, well, kind of American, North American culture. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's different. And like, I miss out for sure. I, my comprehension of, of Norwegian is pretty small. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And they're very good at, at speaking English whenever there's like a native English speaker around. Everyone kind of switches over because okay. by and large their English is perfect. Yeah. And, uh, but <clears throat> you know, I, I'm, I can feel like I'm missing out on, on their things. Their little inside jokes and everything. Yeah. And I am all about bullshitting and joking around. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. It's like, a bit of me is like, oh, I wish I could like have had a second existence where I grew up in Norway and could understand yeah. all this. Yeah. yeah, dude, I would fucking rip these dudes so hard if I knew what to yeah, say. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, so how did, uh, tell me about your uh, beer. Like, where, where did you start with, with, like, I mean, even just drinking beer? Um, <clears throat> prairie guys, you know, we, okay. I think everyone feels like where I grew up, like, we really like to drink. Yeah. So, of course, you know, you're 13, 14 years old, someone gives you first beer, you feel kind of part of the guys and then yeah high school drinking <clears throat> but it was always like i would say most people drinking Bush molson yeah. yeah 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 molson we had molson up there and and yeah. whatever all this stuff and then um uh i did my master's uh in edmonton at the okay. university of alberta and and my professor there was like a beer snob. Let's. He, he was a self-proclaimed beer snob. <laughs> okay. So he wouldn't let it. He wouldn't let us drink shitty beer, as he called it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's why I started to kind of like. Oh, okay. There's like a whole 
world of things out there that I just wasn't aware of, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and through that, <clears throat> one of the guys in the lab that I was in was a Chilean guy, and he was super, super homebrewer. I would just kind of tag along, yeah. hang out with him, yeah. you know, eat, have some beers. And then, uh, honestly, like I, I, before I moved to, to Nori for, for Lervig, I was, do, I was a research assistant at the university in Edmonton. And, oh, wow, uh, okay. I was traveling around Europe. Um, my oldest brother's an engineer, and, and Stavanger is more or less the, the oil hub of Norway yeah. in a very oil country. Uh, is it really? Yeah, no, yeah. I know that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Norway's, I think Norway's one of the poorest countries in Europe until the 60s, and they found all these oil reserves. And wow. Now it's one of the, I think maybe the richest city, wow. country in Europe, per capita, kind of like. Yeah. Anyway. Sure. Uh, so he'd been there for a number of years working, and then I visited and traveling around Europe, met the brewmaster uh, at Lerbig, who's, who's still there, Mike Murphy. <clears throat> Got along. I was there for a couple of days just at the brewery kind of filling kegs because I was bored. My brother was at work. And then <laughs> Mike, if you ever get the chance to meet him, he's just a spontaneous guy. He's like, hey, you should come work. Yeah. <laughs> just like that. Yeah. And I was, I, of course, he just talks a lot. <laughs> but at the same time, it just made me think like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. Then, uh, like the industry, like that. Yeah. Like just like everything the, was going yeah, on. Yeah, I was like, I, I, it's not a consideration growing up in the um, middle of Canada to be like, go into beer as a profession yeah it's not, a, not yeah. an option it's not what anyone does so you can think of the like the mckenzie brothers you remember mckenzie brothers right from yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. strange brew right yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a career Doug, in beer Doug and Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. but that's not it like it's it's a really cool scene man like so when, when was it like what year approximately like how long ago was it that you 20 the, that i moved over it was 2013 and that's okay my first job in any kind of capacity in, in this industry was yeah. Well, I'm going to say brewing in Lirvig, going to learn how to work in a brewery. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So that was six years ago. And then, yeah, I've been there ever since. Nice. Growing with the company, and <clears throat> it's, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's a really, like, uh, good time. My timing was really good to come in there. Like, that's when kind of yeah. things were ramping up in Scandinavia. And, yeah. Yeah. What do you guys make? Like, you guys have specializations or? We're, we're all over the place. So. Yeah. Uh, the way the brewery started was um, the Ringness, which is like the Carlsberg owned like big brewery in in Norway. Yeah, Ringness. Ringness, yeah. Okay. Uh, Ring Ringness, right? They bought up the local brewery called Tau, which is like an area just by by Stavanger, and then moved operations out towards Oslo, on the east side of Norway. And uh, the some of the guys who had money to burn in in town. Really good guys uh, who still own the brewery. They're like, well, this can't, this won't do. We can't not have a brewery in town. So yeah. basically, they uh, got together um, as a kind of a collective, put a bunch of money into this brewery, and so uh, we have a really kind of unique setup. I okay. think in not not just Europe, but maybe kind of the brewing world. Like, our, we started out with a 250 heck brew kit okay so it's like it's a monster it's an absolute oh, right. monster okay yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know what that means i don't so, know what the heck is oh so it's like 220 barrels let's say okay okay yeah so it's just it's enormous so you came out of the, the came out swinging yeah but it wasn't yeah. it, the the original setup was just to make pilsner and like christmas beer kind of for for the local 
locals. Okay. Basically. Yeah. And after years and years of pumping money into it and losing money, which was fine. I mean, that wasn't the point of the brewery was never to like make massive amounts of money. It was just to have a good local product. Yeah. Then they, they kind of looked at the situation and said, ah, okay, we maybe need to like shift somehow. So they brought Mike Murphy over in 2010, who had, you know, he, he kind of started, started with craft beer in Italy in like the mid 90s. Okay. Um, it was, he's an OG over there. Dude, and that then, sounds badass. Yeah. Like craft and, beer in Italy. Yeah. Man, and then like, he was in Denmark yeah. for a number of years and like he, he, his peers at that time were kind of Sean Hill and, uh, the, the, Mick, um, Mikkel and, and Yebe and, yeah. uh, Ryan Witter and all these kind of guys. So, that the brewery he worked for at that time got bought out by Harbo, which is a big Danish, you know, national brewery. And, things turned shitty there and then he, he moved up and shifted what they were doing which was like <laughs> there's still people in Stavanger who are like oh Larvig it's like shitty Pilsner basically. okay yeah. yeah there's still that perception from like the mid 2000s of, really yeah wow but I think we've kind of more or less broken that at this point yeah okay, yeah 13 years later hell yeah dude yeah. nice job man yeah. that's awesome and, and here you are with the wilderness guys so how did you how when did you meet these guys? It was uh, my first, uh, at that time, uh, CBC, the Copenhagen Beer Celebration, the one okay. Mick Keller puts on. Yeah. Um, I had been working at the brewery for four months and, like, really, really excited. That was my first uh, big festival to go to with the brewery. Yeah. I was pumped up and just talking to everyone. Anyway, met, met those guys and just, you know, clicked. It was fun. Yeah. Going out after in Copenhagen and... Um, from there, like I see them, of course, every year at that, but they've come over and, and brewed with us and been on our festival and just had this organic, nice connection. That, That's awesome, yeah, man. Yeah. And, and what's so cool is, uh, is I mean, they're, they're at the forefront of what Arizona beer is, is doing right now, right? But with that comes criticism always, right? You know, yeah, you get the freaking, you know. Um, but it's just so cool, especially with these two cool ships, is every person that I talk to are like dude tell me about how you met the wilderness dudes and it's just that genuine they were the dudes that like people were, are gravitated towards yeah, them for sure it's like an energy that just pulls you to them yeah yeah. like of course when you especially at that time especially at that time like they had just the presence of the room they were yeah. like they were the dudes right? yeah they were yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. and uh, of, you know you, you you can't help but look Right, and, and no matter what the situation is, if someone's like being a big personality in some way, you, you're gonna look. Yeah. And then uh, the, the thing for me is like they were such good dudes, you know. Yeah. Yep. Like they can they can be loud and be kind of like the the life of the party, and, and yeah. But that doesn't for me. Uh, sometimes that doesn't always translate into like the best conversations. If you know sure. What I mean. Sure. People yeah. People are just out to party, and that's it. Yeah. But they're like awesome thoughtful like, dudes great conversations in depth like, yeah. guys that, yeah. that are doing a really great thing for sure yeah i um when i so i did episode uh, maybe a couple of months ago with uh with john and uh jared valdir who played for the cardinals fucking monster yeah. dude yeah. right we're big dudes he would make us like he made me feel like a little bitch like i was like <laughs> dude, six foot eight he was 320 Jesus. when he played in the nfl Holy now fuck. he's down to 280 probably like 10 percent body fat 
Holy fuck. Yeah. Monster. Nicest dude, though. Nicest dude, right? So, um, so I do an episode with those two. And it was really cool because, John, we, we talked about how, you know, you look at their tap list. And you're like, dude, that's a really cool story behind that and this. And uh, John, somehow it came up where John's like, dude, I can tell you a story about any of those beers. And so I just threw one out there. He's like, yep, that's one we did with, you know, the Nature Conservancy there's purpose in exactly everything exactly, that they exactly. it seems like everything that they do from the burger to the dude i'm i'm the biggest uh, wilderness fanboy right now john if you're listening you need to pay me for this you know <laughs> <laughs> but no it's true it, it's so true because the, the, what they just put into it and it, yeah it's exactly awesome, we got another we, this guy wants to join in too right yeah get in here yeah <laughs> yeah join us <laughs> jason alexander from free range brewing Hi, I'm Todd Boera from Fontaflora Brewery. Excellent, guys. Great enunciation. <laughs> that, was, that was very good. You guys are doing like a duet duet yeah. over here, yeah. So we were just chatting about how this gentleman met the Wilderness guys. So how? Wh- why are you guys here? How did you meet these dudes? Uh, I, met, I met them through this guy right here beside me, uh, State of Origin. Which is? Uh, State of Origin is a beer festival that we throw in North Carolina um, based on local ingredients. And yeah. Jonathan and Patrick were obviously uh, some early, or an early brewery that we included from outside of our own state, uh, yeah. clearly because of what uh, those guys do. And I met, I met them at a beer festival, obviously. Uh, in, it was actually at... Um, Hunapu Day in Florida, and Jonathan and I were basically just like hugging about both being from Ohio. Oh, <laughs> so, no shit. Yeah. I'm from Ohio as well. Where at? Yes. I uh, grew up in Cleveland. No shit. I yeah. grew up in Youngstown. Amazing. Right outside of Youngstown. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Amazing that like I made it out of Youngstown alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if it wasn't like the mafia that was killing you, it was like gangs. Like it was like a freaking gauntlet of crime pretty much yeah. You know? yeah so i'm glad i live in arizona that's the whole point of the story right awesome. yeah. <laughs> but dude that's awesome we're, we're out in cleveland um pretty well like east side of cleveland okay um yeah sort of inner city east side of cleveland yeah um yeah dude that's that's great and and yeah to make that connection with john to right. you know because john loves from what i've gathered from john john loves arizona he also loves being from Ohio. That's kind of sure. how I feel. Everybody so, loves being from Ohio. Yeah, if you're from yeah. Ohio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what took you to uh, to, to South Carolina? Right, North North yeah. Carolina. Yeah. Okay. Um, college, and then stuck around after that. Kind of got stuck in a really beautiful place. Yeah. Um, got involved in yeah craft. Um, the craft brewery world uh, from there, from Humbering, talked my way into a job, and then ended up sticking around to start uh, Fontaflora. Yeah, nice, very cool. And, and what what do you guys like? What what's your specialty? What do you guys? What's kind of the ethos of what you guys do? Our portfolio is pretty pretty broad. We make um, everything from IPAs, lagers, uh, big stouts, uh, mixed culture beers. We uh, got our first cool ship, um, our cool ship last season. So we've been doing spontaneous, um, nice. spontaneous project. We make a lot of different uh, kvass beers, but our, our kind of big thing and sort of what we share a relationship with free range with is um, just sort of our commitment to local ingredients. And yeah, sort of mentioned that earlier with the with the festival, but uh, that's sort of the 
unifying thing uh, across all styles. So no matter what beer style, there's um, local grain going into every single batch, and then nice. often yeah. local other botanicals or you know we've been chopping down trees in our backyard lately uh to put in beer so just kind of like a lot of weird stuff like that too cool. i like weird man i like weird yeah that sounds that sounds amazing so so free range kind of you guys do like like that same same approach we we do yeah we uh we're fortunate enough to be in a, a fairly good sized city with a whole lot of wonderful agriculture just outside of it uh and it's it, we want to know our farmers, so yeah, uh, and 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 have those farmers help us make great beer. So that's really cool, man. And, and uh, we we were talking earlier about the uh, like just how beer plays such a role in in kind of uh, I don't know even if it's spearheading or highlighting certain like initiatives like with like you know recycled water here in Arizona or the malt you know Sonago malt things like that, uh, where beer is kind of the forefront of innovating to like you said ingredients grown locally like pulling from what is local it's going to taste better and it's i don't know i don't know what i'm trying to say I'm, i feel like i'm taking off at this point no, that's, <laughs> yeah that, that's that's real though yeah, yeah. i mean beer is the thing that lost its path from agriculture especially when you look at like wine never wine never went away from its agricultural roots like it's sure. it's weird yeah. to go to an urban winery they obviously exist now um but even still that's more of a new thing like you went to a winery and you saw the grapes growing like out in you know like right out the back door yeah and so beer was just so industrialized in the and the drink for like the common man and you know just was like such a boom and so just like really lost its agricultural roots a long time ago and so yeah i think breweries um yeah, I think a good number of breweries now are really trying to like bring all that back uh, front and center. Yeah, do you guys see a lot in uh, uh, in North Carolina of um, restaurants doing the same? Are you guys starting to connect a lot with restaurants, or because I feel like Arizona, one of the things that's very uh, kind of a benefit for us is we're kind of behind, right? So like the the, the culinary scene is just getting off the ground. The beer scene is ju- everybody's just getting off the ground, so everybody appreciates that. There's not like a lot of battling between breweries and restaurants. Restaurants are like, dude, let's fucking make something badass. Great beer dinner. Is that the same where you guys at? Kinda, yeah, yeah. Uh, in in North Carolina, I think we we're, we're pretty lucky that we've got some pretty um, strong traditions of amazing food that is perfectly aligned with what we do. That is simple, uh, farm focused, fresh, seasonal. Um, whether it's whole hog barbecue or like low country cooking in the like down towards South Carolina or Appalachian cuisine back toward Todd's area, um, and and all these things are, are are cuisines that were not popular for so long because they were the the food of the common people, hmm. uh, and so the 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 love and effort that was put into all that is finally I, I guess seeing some recognition for the like the simple like amazing effort that it takes to make these foods that people didn't think were you know worthy of celebration for so long and i think it's the same way uh you know how we can use what we do to to you know ferment a beverage and make a a, what, what can be you know looked at as you know cheap or simple um and celebrate a farmer's you know back breaking work uh, to work with grains that that pass down to a family, 
uh, to do stuff that's not, you know, massive agriculture, to do stuff that is, is something that is meaningful because of the taste and the flavor and the history behind what it brings to the table. Um, and so I, I think that the, the, the kind of the slowness of how that all happens has helped North Carolina and the Southeast to, you know, kind of just start getting into its own at the same time. And so it, it kind of goes forward hand in hand with the brewing industry in, in our area. Yeah, here, yeah, here. Yeah. Hell oh, yeah, dude. That, put. Yeah. Man, that's that that is awesome. And that's that's once again I feel like the beer is just such a the beer community and a welcomeness of, of people. Like look right here, we talked we were talking about earlier. Like like most of the people here don't really know each other that well. Maybe meeting at festivals and things like that, but it's almost like everybody's like old friends. It's great. You right. know? It's a feeling. Yeah. 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 yeah, we're lucky people in this industry. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What I was going to ask you guys: Do you guys see more more breweries going in the direction of doing the spontaneous, the wild, the things like that, like beyond just like kettle sours, and which which are great in you know in certain areas? But do you think that there's a movement towards doing stuff more like this? I think that this is one of those um, times in our current beer history where we're seeing a change. Um, and the folks that are still doing it are the folks that were doing that because they love doing it and because they were, you know, it, that's their, their passion and niche and it's what they get excited about. Um, but it's, I think it's kind of cool to see the, the trend of sour beer fading a little bit, um, with the rise of the hazy IPA and all the heavily fruited beverages out there. Uh, some beer, some not. Um, and, and, and so uh, to me, th- this is when you see, okay, you know, that person that I thought was amazing and doing it in a, in a really special way that there's, there's sustainability to their approach and they, they are doing it because they loved it, not because they're chasing the dollars of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for us, it's exactly what it is. I mean, it's, it's not a, I think if you talk to any number of these people here making mixed culture beer, um, all by itself, let alone taking the time to do, trying to figure out spontaneous, not even like taking the time to just do spontaneous beer, but like, you know, that first like year into it where you don't even really know if the barrels are going to be worth a fuck. And you're just like, (laughs) I might have to dump all of this. Like I might have to blend a whole lot into this or out of it or, you know, whatever. So that's what we're going through right now. And we're already leading into this cool ship season for us right now, trying to figure out how much we're going to make just because it really isn't a high it's not a product that's in high demand um you know especially with you know a lot of american breweries who are just trying to figure it out um you know it takes a lot of faith for the consumer to be like okay they're trying this new thing and hopefully it's going to be good um you know but hopefully it's like the names behind the you know the breweries who are doing it and you know you know that there's going to be a good product that comes from it with all the time and the and the patience that goes into it but we're already like we're gonna we're gonna scale back from you know we we filled 40 oak barrels last year of spontaneous beer and right now i'm just kind of like freaking out because that's a whole lot of beer (laughs) especially if we're like if we do 40 again this year and 40 again next year to do like you know a nice like goozy blend like yeah that's so many barrels of beer (laughs) so like you know i think we're, we're like okay we're gonna make like one or two spontaneous batches this year um and then try to come up with some other you know, <clears throat> excuse me, cool things to do with the cool ship um, when it's not in use. Like either use it for an open fermenter, like a lot of different things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, love it. Love what you guys are all doing. Amen. Before we wrap up, who are you? Where are you from? 
Jason Alexander, Free Range Brewing, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, Todd Boera, Fontaflora Brewery, Nebo, North Carolina. David Graham, Leirvig, and Stavanger, Norway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Excellent, excellent. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thank take you. A, good. Take a sticker and take a bone. Thanks. Hey. <laughs> There's also a spine. A, that also works. Cool. It was right there for you, man. No, so this is, uh, so we're going to start off. We're going to drink, um, so this is Carbonic Ducas. I probably that sounds delicious. Yeah, right. Ducas. Ducas. I don't think it's Ducas, but carbonic <laughs> shit. Great. Helton Brewing Company made a beer with six chefs, and they created this this recipe. Right. So we're gonna all right. We're gonna fucking jump into this. But while I'm pouring this, though, you guys gotta everybody's gotta introduce themselves. We'll start with you right here. I'm James Howitt. Uh, founder and owner and uh, head blender at Black Project Spontaneous and Wild Ales in Denver, Colorado. Hell yes, right on Broadway, right? It is on Broadway. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that was one of my that was one of my spots I had to hit. Went to Denver eight months ago. I'm like fucking Black Project. My nice. daughter on her school folder has the uh, airplane paper airplane. She's Perfect. Like, Dad, can I have that sticker? <laughs> I'm like, Hell yeah. 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 <laughs> nice. Yes. <laughs> so. I have a question about the the paper airplane, but let's okay. meet everybody yeah, else yeah, first. Yeah, so yeah. let's yeah. Uh, who we got here. Sure, I'm I'm Kevin Seiler, uh, owner and uh, founder of uh, Sand City Burn Company, Northport, New York. So we're located on Long Island. Excellent, man. Welcome to Thank the you. podcast, my friend, right here uh, from. I'm Jeffrey Epstein, and uh, <laughs> he's no, alive. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm Anthony Figueroa, and I'm from Public Brewhouse, located in Tucson, Arizona. Dude. This dude makes some fantastic beers. No. Absolutely. <laughs> no, you do. So twice I've been into their brewery. So and it's a hard one to find. There's another there's somebody else I was talking to. One of the breweries here, I can't remember which one it was, but they said, Yeah, man, we, we started off as um um just kind of brewing in a brew house behind uh, Ernesto's, I think is what the place was called. But so you guys are behind Hermanos. Hermanos in a building, standalone building behind. So I'm like, dude, that's very similar to public. Yeah. So, yeah. Everybody who asks where public is, I have to say, yeah, you know where Hermanos is? Uh, <laughs> yeah, just behind it. Like, everybody. It, it, it's tucked away for sure. Let's. All right. So this is a six chef collaboration with Helton Brewing Company. It is a carrot sour. So let me know what you guys think of this. Uh, it's very floral. It's it's good. I don't I don't know if I get carrot, but it, I like it. I, there's I some think vegetable. This is a little. It's like vegetally carroty. Yeah. Which I mean, I guess is. I was worried when you said six chef collaboration because yeah. normally I fucking can I say that? Yeah. Oh fuck okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> normally I fucking hate chef beer. Really? So why yeah. why? Um, because <laughs> because making a dish that's really good is not the same as making beer. And I think that a lot of chef beer is really, really, really like try hard and it's really overdone usually. Yeah. Interesting. So that's man. not to like offend any like chef brewers because it's a different thing. If you're a chef that became a commercial brewer and you're making good beer, it's different. But like a lot of times I feel like when breweries invite chefs in, the beer ends up really overblown and like there's 400 ingredients and they're doing all this crazy shit and they're uh, going for something. And they're usually very good at describing what they're going for and I feel like they usually miss it. 
in beer, even really yeah. great chefs with food. Um, but this is good. I like so it. I was going to yeah. say based on that, on that no, experience. I like it. I was, they, they, yeah. yeah. You said six chefs and I was like, holy. Yeah, shit. I got like, <laughs> that sounds like it's not going to be good, but it's actually really good. Maybe you just yeah. need more chefs. Yeah. to do the collapse. I don't know. Exactly. So just bring them all in and they just cancel each other out and then it's good. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's what Helton went for, for sure. Well, I think what was cool with it, what the approach Helton took was like, hey, let's all, let's collaborate on this. But, dude, Helton is fucking scientific, man. This dude is like, you sure. know, everything has to line up on, on the charts and everything. And every beer he makes is fantastic. So, yeah, they put the input in, but he's like, we need to make this into a badass beer. Yeah, that makes sense. Then. I think they yeah. did. Yeah. And they got their uh, local artist, Corey Miller, made Can't the fucking it. It pitch. fucking black. I can't see this label. It's so black. For everybody listening. <laughs> in the, the woods. Ducus. Let's take a look at the Ducus. All I know is it's Carbonic Ducus. Carbonic, carbonic Ducus. Hophead with, uh, it's pretty sweet, right? That is a cool label, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, uh, so anyways... More about you guys. So, uh, Black Project, why why the paper airplane? Love it. Like I love the simplicity of. Do you see it? Sure. You know what it is. Yeah. If you know what it um, is. Yeah, I mean we. Um, so our our theme is sort of it, we started as a side venture and it was very top secret and and uh, hidden in the back and um, so we chose like the spy theme and so we're named after. A lot of like code names for government black projects yeah like, that ended up being a spy plane or a, some covert stuff um but we also didn't want to be too like on the nose like militaristic and like it's just for fun yeah so we, so we picked the black paper airplane is like to like balance it out a little bit like <laughs> yeah. we're not like super serious like we don't necessarily like believe in the idea of government black projects we're not like <laughs> Yeah. Hardcore like Warhawks or whatever. Yeah. Like it's not it's not like that it's at like, all. I just want to clarify. Just yeah, I mean, clarify, we, I yeah. mean, we yeah, we didn't want to you know we didn't want to make it too like too much. It's, and and I like really clean, simple design. So that's what we did. Yeah, it's one of the cleanest, simplest designs. Nice. Which is yeah, and it like above the door in the brewery, like when you go into the tap room. Yeah, because it's all that like brick. And then you just oh yeah, yeah. on the front of the building there's just an airplane yeah yeah that's beautiful <laughs> yeah. man I love it well and it's cool too like you go into your place uh, what I really loved was uh, it was like an airplane wing or something it is one yeah, part of a, the bar it's a 1950s Cessna 140 airplane yeah. wing yeah because it's weird right you sit at the bar and you're used to just set your beard like nope you got to sit up a little further everybody says that the curve. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 it's true <laughs> yeah. but i mean most people if you really think about it you don't really set your beard at a bar right there yeah i don't know i mean it's hard to explain but uh people are always like i bet a bunch of people spill yeah their beer how often does that happen and like when i used to bartend people says that all the fucking time and i was like i've seen it happen like once and i mean <laughs> that seems like maybe less than normal for beer, beer spilling by a customer yeah. at a bar like i don't know um, yeah like, People just set it farther away, but they're more careful because it's curved. I'm not sure. And also, like, you know, this is, I feel like the society we're in now, blame the person, not the wing, right? Right. The I mean, you can the see it's curved. It. <laughs> yeah, exactly. so, and so, so the wing is upside down. So the actual, okay. real, the real curved part of the bottom of the wing is, on, is cradled on the bottom of the, okay. upside, uh, upside down. Gotcha. But yeah, the, for people who haven't seen it, like the front part of the wing obviously is curved. So ve the very edge right by your belly, if you're sitting there, is like kind of curved. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a cool experience though, man. Really is. Thanks. Yeah. And we we got I don't I don't remember the gentleman's name, but uh I was I 
kind of told him what, like what I do here in Arizona. I'm like, love the fact that you guys make you know you know do the cool ship and shit. He's like, dude, you want to see the cool ship? I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he took us back, and and my dad had never seen anything like that. Okay, right? he'd seen like one brew in his life, and afterwards he's like, dude, that was awesome. That's cool. Like, yeah, you yeah, see yeah. the the cool ship, and and so you guys have the cool ship right in facility right yeah it started on our roof um and then was, we we got bigger and started doing double batches into the cool ship so we built a 320 gallon um copper cool ship and it's under a window in our barrel room yeah um so yeah it's the whole room is not heated or cooled essentially it's a tight space too it's you guys very are- tight yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah we put 125 <laughs> barrels in there and i was like we're not going to put any more. And then we just put like 20 punch-ins in there and like filled up what was the only room. And then also it's just, a, it becomes like the default place for, we actually have warehouse space also. Um, but that room becomes like default space for like things that we need to put somewhere that yeah. we can't take to the warehouse because they use it too much. So there's just like a bunch of random shit in that room. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It works. If so ever, if ever works. you see it really like clean and it's just like, wow, just barrels and like, wow. That's because we've like literally take it's like GABF week or something. So we like took everything and put it in a truck and like took it away just to like make yeah. it nicer looking. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. normally it's like kind of like the closet also at the same time. So pull one thing out, shit falls on your head. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sand City? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome, welcome Thank you. to the show, man. Yeah, yeah no, that, that, I've, been, I've been all up on Black Project, you know. I'm, well, Black yeah. Project is amazing. <laughs> all so. up on it. All up on it. Yeah, I've but, never, I've never been out to, uh, to Black Project, but um, next week I'm heading to Denver, so it's oh, yeah. nice. So hopefully Wednesday is going to come in. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I'm looking forward to, uh, to experiencing that. What do you guys? Uh, what's, what do you? What's going on at Sand City? Uh, so right now. Um, you know, Sand City, we're, we're in Northport, uh, a small little village, North Shore of Long Island. And uh, we're, in a, we're in a, you know, in, in a small space as well. Um, we brew, you know, a ton of different beers, different styles. Um, I guess mainly, you know, we, we're known for our IPAs. Um, but we like to do some Belgian-inspired beers, stouts, uh, some sours, and um, just a little bit of whatever we feel like brewing at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, we're in the, we're in the midst of a build out of our second location. So it'll be, it'll be a good bit bigger, give us a little more space to breathe and, and do some more, um, experimental stuff that we're, we're looking forward to. Yeah. Nice. Anthony's like, fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, Anthony from public in, in Tucson, it's, you know, it's, I'm going to kind of throw you on the bus a little bit, Anthony. This dude is so stoked to be around all you guys <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. another hell yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so dude, we, we luke and i have hung out with uh anthony a couple of times and dude his just his approach and the beers that he's making i think it's great dude like he's making some of the class you know you make a great kolsch and you know a cream ale you actually have a cream ale right uh yeah we it's have a mesquite cream ale yeah but, um i gotta give thanks to mike gura who's the owner He's really like no. He's really taught me everything, and I mean, I've just uh, executed like what he says, and pretty much just made everything sanitary and clean. Sometimes I give my input, but mostly, yeah. you know, Mike Gura for the great beers. Executioner, though, right here, <laughs> in a good way. Nice. What's going on? What's up there? Oh, just a guy peeing back there. Don't look. <laughs> throw it in the throw it in the beer. <laughs> in the beer yeah. So, uh, but no, man. Like I, I love that the, the the types of beers that you guys are making in public. I've been there a couple times. Thank you. I don't know if I told the story already. Oh, it's a dog on the road. 
Oh, is that what it is? Whose dog? Some random dog, or it's a coyote. I don't know. Or a coyote, yeah. That is a possibility. Somebody's dog is out there. Something's out there. All right. Something real creepy. I'm getting freaked out. My back is to the road. Nobody knows that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So how did you guys, um, how did you you two um, connect with the wilderness guys? Like, I, I love hearing the stories of how everybody, like, met. John and Pat usually has something to do with John, like hanging out a window at 2 a.m. You know, but, <laughs> but uh, how did you guys connect with these guys? Yeah, I mean, we, um, I mean, I'd seen them around. They've they've come and done some cool festivals, some smaller festivals, uh, like up in Buena Vista in Colorado. Um, and had seen them there and and drank with them a bit. And I, I think um, most recently, I think that got us involved with the with the camp out was uh, I think Pat came in and. Uh, hung out with my head brewer, yeah, and then I don't know. Then we just started getting emails about this. Um, but I, I, I've been, I've been, <laughs> I love that. Transition. I've been aware of it. I've been aware of it for a while, and like yeah. I'm super stoked to be here. And yeah, and um, it's a really cool thing. So I mean, they make great beer, and this is an inspiration. You know, to see what they've done in such a short amount of time is oh, really cool. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, there's four flashlights now on the road. Yeah, what are they searching for up there? I don't know. Go good or bad. Like either like, oh, we found some money, or like, oh, we found a body. (laughs) It's a skinwalker. It's a skinwalker up there for sure. Skinwalker. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I gotta go. Well, guys, (laughs) thanks for jumping on the mic. Anything you guys want to add to to the mix? Well, first of all, let's talk about Anthony's. um, What is that? A buffalo shirt. Oh, jacket. The, the oh, moose? Yeah. The moose jacket. Yeah, he's got a moose jacket. Can't see it. It's no, dark. Can't. <laughs> Once again, can't there's a moose on it. The darkness. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, he's it's, real proud of that. It's on the back. Yeah. Do you got, Anthony, do you feel comfortable, uh, the four of us trying one of your beers right now? Dude, no. Let's do yeah. it. Let's do it. Try do the, the kettle sour, and I won't tell you anything Uh-oh. about it. <laughs> <laughs> Was it soured in a kettle? Uh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> It's, I, I don't know that, like this is a bad description, but uh, it almost has a potpourri kind of feeling when you drink it. It's interesting. All right. Yeah, uh, it's really, it's really clean. Everybody want to guess? No? No? What are we guessing? Uh, is, uh, is it fruited? Do you think there's fruit in it? Based I, on the fact that you asked the question, I say no. I don't yeah. think so. I think no. no. I think Damn no. It. Okay. Mm. <laughs> is, is it fruited? It's, no. not the, it's not the reaction no, I no, wanted no. this to go. It, it's not fruited. But, no. So, no. So, but it's crazy because, like, you, I, I get a lot of guava and, like, fruit qualities that, you know, stone fruit that people say. And we achieved it without fruit, you know. It's like it, we use this wine yeast that... Um, didn't do the same thing to our hazies so we made a hazy with the same wine yeast and a bunch of sulfur like got produced and we had to blow off the nose and all this stuff but we put it in the kettle sour and it just did this beautiful thing where like made it like fruity without actually adding fruit you know like i don't know everybody says that there's fruit in it and i'm like nah but you guys i'm sure you guys I- get to see me i'm not good at country well, I, I actually can't see you, but I can see the beer, and it doesn't look like it's fruited. Yes. Uh, no, no. Yeah, I, yeah, took, yeah, yeah. I, I held it up to the light. I saw that it was, you know, a nice golden it's, color. It's quite, so I'm it's assuming quite clear too. probably not fruit. You know, there, yeah, there's no haze from any any sort of fruit that, that you know pectins can be sitting in or anything. So. Right. Um, but it's got a, you know, it's got a really nice. Um, yeah, I am getting a little bit of fruit, a little bit of floral character from it. And, yeah. um, really nice, clean acidity. It's, it is it's really nice. Yeah, yeah, it really is. 
Anthony, nice work. Buddy. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah culmination. So. <laughs> Anthony's gonna pull the microphone out of there, throw it on the ground, and fucking hitchhike home at this point. Like, it cannot <laughs> yeah. get better. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a fantastic dude. This is what happens every time we go to public, dude. Every time you blow us away with your beer, man. Like, regardless of who's creating, you're executing it, and you're executing it at a very Thank you. Nice man. job. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Drop the I mic, so. man. Drop <laughs> the mic. <laughs> yeah. Dude, thanks for joining, man. Thanks yeah. for having us. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Awesome people. Great times. Keep your eyes or ears open. Keep some things open for next uh, episode, which is coming up this Friday. Uh, part two of Camp Cool Ship. In the meantime, get yourself the Arizona Beer Book at your favorite brewery or tap room in Arizona or the ArizonaBeerBook.com. Make sure you come by and see us at Strong Beer Festival. We are also part of the Hopped Up Network, which is a network of independent craft beer podcasts across the country. Check them out. HoppedUpNetwork.com. Find your new second favorite craft beer podcast. And stay